Hello and welcome to Radio Free Nintendo. I am James Jones. I'm joined today by Mr. Guillaume Vayette. Hello, hello. Mr. Greg Lay. Ahoy, ahoy, everyone. And a soon-to-arrive Mr. John Lindemann. This actually isn't his fault. We're starting a little bit early for scheduling reasons. Today is... And look, you know it's not his fault if I say something isn't John's fault, which is, which is a phrase my brain didn't want to say. It is March 2nd, 2023, and this is episode 812. And for the purposes of being quick out of the gate, we're just going to get right down to business. Guillaume, what is your new business? Right, so I've started playing this game called Chained Echoes. Now, I'm playing it on Xbox, it's on Game Pass. I saw you talking about this in the Discord. Yeah, to uh, complete indifference. Um, So let me talk about it, (laughs) complete indifference again. Uh, To be fair, I caught that conversation after it was like four hours later, so it would have been weird to me to You can't call it conversation, it's more like, I caught your your three posts about it. But uh, yeah, so so Chain Echoes, uh, I hadn't heard about this until I was listening to uh, uh, Waypoint Radio, uh, another podcast, uh, and they briefly talked about it, and uh, I was like, well, maybe I am in the mood for an old school RPG, like 16-bit, 16-bit style. Um, you know, I just quit on Blue Dragon. It was not what I was looking for. Maybe this is. Um, and so this is a 16-bit style game. Uh, as I, as I just said, like I'm playing it on Xbox, but there's no reason this doesn't play on no. Switch. In fact, uh, the reviews are quite good on Switch. And um, it just came out uh, at the end, like in December uh, 2022. Yeah, so, it was like December 8, I think. Yeah, so this is fairly recent. I think maybe it flew under a lot of radars, but it's also a game that has been like seven years in the making by mostly one dude who's been using RPG Maker um, to, to make it. But there was like, uh, maybe it's a bigger deal than I think it is. Like it, it did have a... Um, it, it, uh, it got coverage in um, specialty outlets. So like, I know I'm no RPG fan did, it, did an interview. Uh, I've seen a couple others that are around. He's done a bunch of like uh, Reddit, AMA, stuff like that. Because as he says, he is quote literally. I am quote. Excuse me. Quote. I'm Matha- Matthias Linda, developer of Chained Echoes. That's it. Not. I am the lead. I am the create. I am the developer. Wow. Yeah. The dev te- like literally, I am the dev team. Is is an exact quote. Yeah. He 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 does have you know a publisher. I'm assuming maybe he didn't do all uh, the ports deck, himself. But yeah, uh, deck deck thirteen is the publisher. Right. So. uh yeah. So I, I didn't, but also it had, a, I guess what I was getting at is that it did have a crowd starting campaign. So, you know, I, I think that uh, maybe I, it just wasn't on my radar. And now I, I feel like, oh, this popped out of nowhere. But uh, I started playing it um, and it didn't really hook me in right away. Uh, partly because, you know, like the first thing, if you, like, this has a Wikipedia page and, uh, you see that, uh, you know, one of the first uh, few lines is like, Linda was influenced by games such as Z- Xenogears, Terra Enigma, Secret of Mana, Suikoden 2, Breath of Fire, The Legend of Dragoon, and Final Fantasy VI. Somehow, Chrono Trigger is not listed here, but maybe it's just because, I don't know, maybe he made his own Wikipedia page and was afraid that Square Enix would see this and be like, oh yeah, yeah, you definitely played 
Chrono Trigger and definitely <laughs> were inspired by it because the, you know, like the opening of the game is the same, you know, it kind of, it's a riff on the whole like wake up Chrono thing. Um, the, there's like the whole, um, what's it called? The Lean's Fair, I think. Uh, the Millennial Fair. It's obviously something that various people thought was really effective because I forgot to mention this. We were talking about the GBA games last week. Like oh. it, it was something I very much noticed at the time, but it really brought it back to me playing Minish Cap. Like they just did the Millennial Fair at the start of Minish Cap as well. Like you, you <laughs> wait, you know, like Link wakes up. He, he's then going to go to this event at Hyrule Castle Town with Zelda. Like it's, it's, it's I guess it's, it's slightly different in that, you know, like he knows who Zelda is. It's not like a happenstance meeting, uh, as it right. is in Chrono Trigger, but like it, it's so similar that you kind of feel like it has to be quite knowing, uh, from yeah. some people on the, on the dev team at flagship or Nintendo, or whatever. Yeah, to, to, to be fair, like, uh, the, the story doesn't take the same spins in the same places. It's more like the, the ideas or the, the settings. Like, there is a fair, you play mini games, there is like, you can bet on a race that you can influence. Like, there's a way to, to cheat at winning the, uh, the betting on the race. Um, and it's fun. Like, the, the race itself is funny. I recommend doing all the, the stuff and that fair. I think maybe you don't have a choice, but, Anyway, but you're not, um, you know, there, like, you don't meet some, some girl who turns out to be a, a, uh, a, an incognito princess. There is an incognito princess, but you, you don't get to meet her in that setting. Um, but yeah, so that's going on. And then there is kind of like this game's own twist on the whole, uh, trial in Chrono Trigger, which, uh, again, like a different setting slightly, but I was like, when I saw, the opening, the the wake up Chrono thing. When I saw the Millennial Fair, I was like, "Well, of course, they're gonna try to make the the the, the reproduce the trial thing." Which, if you have never played Chrono Trigger, I don't know if I want to say anything. Uh, it's just it was one of those go, kind of go play Chrono Trigger. That's what you should say. <laughs> I, I guess, but but how would they do that? There's not. Uh, I guess like there's iPad and stuff. <clears> I I'm sure they can find a way. Yeah. Yeah, and there, 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 was, there was virtual console support at one point, and the shops have been shuttered now. But you know, they were. Mm-hmm. And then there's the DS version, which is the only way that it's ever come out in Europe, ever. Oh god, that's, I believe. That's so amazing. Anyway, certainly on Nintendo hardware. Anyway, I don't know about the the the, the weird Sony version. Like the iPad version probably did at some point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, again, I don't know about those. But that version's got issues, and also we just ghost tricked Chrono Trigger, <laughs> which is which is unbelievable. <laughs> but like honestly, like uh, Chrono Trigger, like you, you, if you've never played it, like the that game did a number of firsts that just kind of blew people away. Uh, that like we hadn't seen that in RPG before in a game of that kind. So uh, anyway, so obviously it had an impact on the developer of this game who uh, pays a bash to it. Uh, so initially, you know, like so I saw. Of course, I noticed all of that because I, I played Chrono Trigger a lot. I, I've played the other influences much less, so I, I don't. Um, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I, I guess I could recognize Xenogears influences because you, you do start with a kind of a battle armor kind of robot thing. Um, 
but then they quickly take it away. I think that you get it back eventually. Uh, but I'm guessing maybe that's the influence there. Uh, definitely, there is Final Fantasy VI influence, and in that like initially, at least, your party uh, you you meet them like one or two at a time. Uh, they all have their own little adventure, like their parallel episodes, and then uh, they they join up and they 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 make up your party. Um, and it's really at that moment when I kind of got through all the the, the preamble and the, uh, the 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 setup, I suppose, and the uh, the very very you know, obvious homages and, and, and kind of, you know, a little bit derivative <laughs> introductions and stuff, um, that, that I really started to, um, to, to enjoy it more because now I, uh, you know, the battle system is opening up a little bit, the, um, and especially like some of the, um, the, the, the way that you level up, uh, is, um, is unlocked to me, and I think that's where this game's uh, fun is. So, okay, first of all, uh, the, the writing I'm not in love with. Um, so it's not really like the, the story seems fine, uh, but there's a lot of like uh, the the dialogue that doesn't really work on me at all. I can tell that there's supposed to be like you know like there's supposed to be a little smirk there that there's supposed to be uh little jokes that I'm supposed to to laugh at but it it just uh um I don't know it doesn't work on me. So I am not really playing this for the 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 story so far or at least not the 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 crunchy dialogue, you know. Um Although the, the story itself seems fine, like you're a bunch of rebels who are trying to find out, uh, trying to stop a war, basically. It seems like someone, uh, th- there was a war recently between like these three big empires, and now there's been a uh, uneasy peace for a little while, uh, one that truly, like there were some losers in that that, that peace, you know. They had to make concessions, so they're less happy with it, and they they love nothing more than to go back to war, and to 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 get back uh, what they feel is theirs. Um, so yeah, that kind of stuff is going on, but it's not like this big, you know, political intrigue thing. It's just like this. So far, it's like this, uh, you know, kind of fun adventure. Um, the battle system, I I wasn't sure at first, but it's working out better than I thought it would be. Uh, now that I'm facing enemies that are a little bit tougher than the the initial ones, like in the the intro, uh, it's uh it's interesting because the the game wants you to use your uh your abilities, your techs, your magic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they they want you to be on the attack most of the time, but uh, all of your parties share this one meter that goes up whenever you take uh, an action or whenever you get hit. And so, like, uh, there's, like, uh, this meter has this big initial section that's orange that's just, like, you know, normal. And then you enter, like, a a green zone, the overdrive zone, where as long as you stay in that part of the meter, uh, your attacks uh, hit harder. And then if you go over the green zone, you're into the red zone, then, like, the enemy's attack attacks uh, hit harder. And... uh, the way that you can bring down that gauge, that meter, uh, is by defending, or sometimes it seems to be random, but yeah, like sometimes eventually, like your, your skills, some of your skills will be in a menu in a different color. 
and that tells you that if you select them, uh, it will make the gauge go down, and you know you can see the effect when you you select when you your cursor is on the 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 skill, you know. So th there's no like guesswork here. Uh, you see what your actions do, how they influence the gauge. Uh, and of course, like those skills are not necessarily going to be uh, the ones that you wanted to to use, but sometimes you don't have a choice. Like you really got to get that meter down, so you know you use the skills that that uh, that you must. Uh, and the um, yeah, so so you've got uh, you know TP like technical points or you know like in mana whatever you want to call it. Then you've got HP. Uh, these are always filled up uh, at when you're done, like per battle. You know you never have to spend time between two battles. Uh, just recovering using, you know, your other potions or not using them because you're saving them for the last fight or whatever. You know, there's none of that. Uh, you're always at full power when you start a battle. Uh, you just have to make sure that your, your party is configured the way that you want it to be. Mm. And, um, yeah, like the, so, so there's a lot of these like smart kind of, uh, you know, kind of quote unquote modern touches to it that, um, that just makes sense, you know? Like, I think that JRPGs have done away a long time ago with the, the random encounter, and I think that's been a change for the better. And all these changes, you know, like the, the whole, like, you, you never have to fuss about with uh, potions outside, between battles, you know, is another thing that I think a lot of people have been waiting for, that, that people want from an RPG. And so it's a, a welcome uh, enhancement. Um, and yeah, like the, the, the battles, they, they, they feel just right in terms of difficulty. They, they keep me engaged more than most JRPG battles where you're facing just the, the, what you call them, the, the, not the cruff, the, the, the scruff, the, you know, the, the small enemies that you just like basically hit, like attack your way through, you know, you have like even your white mage, swing their 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 staff at uh, because uh, choosing anything else in the menu would be just a waste of your time really you're you're just trying to you can't expedite these battles just by choosing attack 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 and not really thinking about it just smashing a the, the whole time through uh so this battle system seems to have managed to uh at least make you make me pay more attention uh be more involved in most battles and these battles are just like you know something like chrono trigger there there you can see them you can see the enemies on the screen and uh so you don't uh you can get around some battles if you don't want to to trigger them um so again that's you know a welcome uh enhancement and so I'm, I talked about the way that you power up your like you that you level up being interesting i, I guess in a way like a little bit reminiscent of Xenoblade, uh, in that there are rewards that are tied to doing specific tasks, you know, such like, as, such as, um, well, you will have like some, uh, unique monsters on the battlefield. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if you can defeat them, like that can be, uh, you know, uh, a challenge that the game set up for you. There's like a reward board that it's called, uh, in the menu. 
And so the, the, the game is really what I've noticed right now anyway, like is all about that reward board. Like that's the main thing that I'm focused on. It has a series of challenges such as, yeah, like find, uh, you know, kill these unique enemies or like fight the, like three, cra uh, like uh, a group of crabs using only your, your one, like Glenn, your, your main character. So I had to go and fight a bunch of crabs. Uh, and like, but before that, like I removed everyone from my party and then, you know, I made sure that my Glenn was set up to actually hit hard because, uh, otherwise, um, you know, I was not powerful enough to do that, but yeah, so I managed to do that, uh, achievement or, 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 um, or challenge or whatever, uh, that gave me like, uh, another spot on the board. These rewards from individual tiles on that reward board are usually like some money, some uh, XP that goes towards uh, the, the skills that you can buy or upgrade, and uh, usually some uh, so, some uh, stuff for for uh, some loot for um, upgrading weapons or, or or crafting weapons. And yeah, like there there will be challenges like that, like uh, find like all three hidden caves in this one area, find like these hidden chests in this place, etc. And eventually on that board, like if you manage to unlock consecutive tiles on the board, uh, then you you get some really big rewards that are basically the way that you level up. So when you fight oh. enemies. You don't get XP per se. Like you, your characters don't level up, but you do level up their skills. You do get points that you will be able to put into buying and upgrading their skills. But your guys will not be, uh, their attributes will not be going up. Uh, what you need to do is that every time that you fight a boss, you get uh, a thing that basically allows your whole party to level up once and that's where they um again like they they gain some new skills but also like that's where their attributes go up and yeah like so you you also get the um the, the that that one item that allows you to level up everyone through the reward board so it's it's really like you, you can't really ignore it and in fact i would i don't know i don't know why you would because it's it's quite fun you know like it, it really gives you a reason to engage with the content to, you know, like to try to find everything. Sometimes like I would do that on my own anyway, but like it, it kind of, I don't know, like it's really smartly designed and that like it, it's just like the kind of reward that you want to get for what you're doing. It's hard to explain, but it's like, instead of grinding forever in an RPG, right? Instead, like I, I'm doing these, specific yeah exactly i'm doing these specific it, tasks and the 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 rewards for doing them are known ahead of time and they're substantial you know yeah it's it's kind of like um the smash board almost like when you yeah. I, I need to do this thing and it will give me this in response yeah yeah so uh i'm kind of hooked on that right now and uh so yeah, so the, the the game really picked up at that point. Like it's maybe like three or four hours, maybe you know shorter than that if you go faster than I did. Uh, but yeah, like now I'm I'm really into it. Like if I had talked about this game just a few hours earlier, I would have been like, 
you know, it's a little bit derivative. Uh, this game, this this guy sure played the a lot of the same games I have, but here, like, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty dismissive when <laughs> I play only a little bit of a game, and I should probably fix that. Uh, but the uh, yeah, now that I'm more into it, like I, I'm uh, I'm really enjoying it. I would really recommend it. Yeah, so so I'll certainly talk about it more because uh, I'm not as far into it as I would have thought. You know, like I, I've played a good like eight hours, maybe. I thought this would be a short game, but I saw in the achievements like you, I, I'm not done with like the first chapter of three. So uh, maybe this is uh, more substantial than I expected. I have no idea when that this first chapter will be completed. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm getting like it's it's. Um, triggering like the same kind of uh <laughs> shots of endorphins as uh when playing xenoblade when you know xenoblade 2 for instance when you do uh, i haven't played 3 yet but like there, there were like the kind of the, the 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 boards where you could unlock uh different attributes for different uh oh were they yeah, blades? The blades the yeah. blades yes so it's a little bit like that but uh G- much more, this- much quicker, and much better done. You know, give this blade eleven flutes, and she'll like you more. Right? Yeah. She- so why, n- why does she need eleven flutes? Exactly. Right. So, so Xenoblade Two, I, I did kind of enjoy that stuff, except that you had to do it too much, and it never made sense. Uh, whereas Chained Echoes, I feel, has done something similar, but through tasks that I, I'm happy to do through the course of playing the game, you know? Like, all you have to do really is, like, just just keep an eye on the reward board, see if, like, uh, you're in this new area, maybe, like, you see new tiles, and, like, it will give you an idea of uh, if there's a specific kind of monster that you have to kill a certain number of, or mm. if there is, like, a certain uh, way that you have to kill them. Uh, there's like this enemy I had to kill with uh, poison. It had to die from poison. So, you know, it's not stuff that's uh, super complex, but it's like, okay, I, I know it's there. I can try it. And then like you get the reward for it. Then it's, uh, it feels rewarding. It's, so, it's very much that checklist sensation of just... Yeah, yeah. So, and also like the, the game, I think looks great. You know, I said 16 bit style. Of course, it's not uh, constrained by the, the actual 16 bit hardware. So it's, uh, it's quite beautiful, but it's got, um, you can tell that it has that, um, Squaresoft, uh, uh, inspiration, uh, to it. Uh, and the, you know, the, the, the music is pretty, I, but I feel like you, you can say that about just about any jrpg like so it doesn't stand out that much but i haven't uh, been listening to a podcast while playing this game or i haven't been uh, muting the 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 sound so uh you know like it's it's good enough it's good jrpg music so even though this is all made by you know one guy he's been working hard <laughs> and uh yeah like it's a it's a solid game and i am enjoying it a whole lot so there you go. Cool. Yeah, I'm the, the I was I guess this is one of those like I'm aware of this game but just just like you it kind of releasing like an early December can Oh, it's can tough. Work, yeah, like it can work to your benefit if people pick it up as their game for the holidays, but like man, I'm going at at full tilt in from early Dece- uh, really late November through 
Christmas. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really hard to keep abreast of all the stuff going on in the world. Yeah. And like uh, this is one that again, as I said, yeah, like I was fairly dismissive. Like I, I tried it. I wasn't sure I was gonna like it initially. I was like, uh yeah, it really shows that this is made by one guy who likes RPGs, huh? Um Damn. And I yeah, no, but that's <laughs> yeah, I'm an asshole. What can I say? Uh but but now I'm eating words that I, I wouldn't have said that I probably shouldn't have said that I ever thought. But there I mean, you said it now, so yeah. now now the world knows. Don't the world don't, Yeah, don't be knows. like Guillaume, uh from from several hours ago. <laughs> uh cool. All right. Um what else you been up to? Uh, probably gonna move on, but I I am okay. also kind of concurrently ish playing uh a, a game that uh, I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, it's like um, it's called Thir- Thirteen Sentinels. Oh my god! Uh, but I'm my not campaign far. of my campaign of play Thirteen Sentinels worked. Yeah, and uh, uh, Guillaume, who played only a couple of hours of it, was like, uh, "Fuck James Jones for making me pay forty dollars for this game." You, well, you first know, off, that's on, on you because it's it's been on sale for like forty times. Yeah, but but that that's the lowest it's been in Canadian money. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Exchange so rates. I, I did I did buy it in a, a dip, but so at least okay. there's that. But also, uh, this is like dismissive Guillaume, who yeah. if he doesn't immediately click with a game, is very uh, is an asshole. Uh, but well, I've been fair. playing it more, and I'll be talking about it um, in the future. Hey, it's it's also become a ghost trick game where people just people just want to talk about that game, but they can't because so much about that game is not knowing what it's about to do. So they just badger their friends to play it. Mm-hmm. Play this game so that I might talk about it with you because I can't until after you've played it. Yeah, I, I've only got so far the slightest hint that things are more complicated than they look. So I, I'm yeah. really not that far. I, I've actually been enjoying the, uh, the 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 game, quote unquote, uh, so far more than I thought I would. Like I had seen people talk pretty dismissively about the the, the kind of the uh, RTS aspect of it, or the maybe not it's RTS, fine. but it's yeah, just, it's just not super complicated, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of a, a neat twist on like a tower defense kind of thing, except. Um, I it it's kind of working on me because of the uh, the art style for some reason. I, the art I, I, the art for this is neat. Yeah, we'll talk more yeah, about cool. it. Cool, cool. I'm glad to hear it. Um, I am going to talk about a couple different things. I'm going to roll through them a little bit real quick. Uh, I have I haven't quite finished it. I'm on the last mission of Fire Emblem Engage. I've messed around with it a lot. I don't have a ton to say that I haven't already said. I do love how much the DLC is just clearly slapped on because I couldn't think of a better idea because it literally undermines main story beats and the canon of the game, which is amazing. Hmm. Um, truly, like I, I don't want to go into it, but at the same time, it's really funny. It's really funny. Um, and the more it's one of those things where it's like this really impacts the canon of the game where the more you think about it, the funnier it gets. Um, and like the more you try to apply analysis to it, the sillier it gets. Um, I'm just going to say the mission design of this game is bad. It, it just, just is, it's too, it's too reliant on, we're just going to flood the field. Uh, you know, Fire Emblem's always had that, like your, 
very slowly inching up the battlefield looking for traps. And then you cross some invisible line in the sand and suddenly enemies pour out of every, like, closet and coat rack and crevice in the map. And they're just everywhere. It's like, gotcha now. Uh, This game will start, will have that happen. And then every other turn or every turn, they just keep pouring out as if it's a clown car of enemies. (laughs) (laughs) There was a mission in a volcano where they spawned every other turn. For like nine turns. And it's like, for fuck's sake, will you stop? Please. Mm. Because at the same time, you're being hit by lava, which is damaging your units if you don't move them. And it's like, for fuck's sake, just fuck. I can't stand on half the map. There was a fog that took away your avoidance and accuracy, but didn't affect the enemies, which is fucked. Um, And they were spawning (laughs) units for nine turns. It was horrible. Uh, there's just too much of that in this game. Um, the main character sucks. He, he just sucks. He sucks. He sucks. Uh, he he. Uh, there's like a canon about how he, how he changed in his personality. It's like, he was so much cooler before. Why did I get him after he sucks? But he sucks. Um, yeah, and, and the emblem thing is just silly. Like, for fuck's sake, can people just let Marth be dead? Please? Please. This is like the seventh game that his ghost has appeared in. I'm fucking sick of it. Marth's ghost is the busy is busier than Marth ever was when he was alive. Um there was there was one other thought I had, which is that the key point is they can only use these rings to fight the fight the evil fell dragon every thousand years. Which means that in the thousand years since the last time they did this, the uh, the emblems have come back. The world hasn't advanced technologically at fucking all or culturally. Everything looks exactly the same. It's the worst world in the world or in any <laughs> in the you know, in the multiverse. They have advanced not one inch in a thousand fucking years and have done no prep work for the known return date of the bad guy. Genius. Oh, it's just stupid. It's just got it's just a stupid game. Um but uh, I'm going to talk about something else. I'm going to talk about something that has, at least with myself and a couple other people on the NWR uh, Discord, hijacked the Discord, which isn't that hard to do. It's not that active, but you should go visit it, um, which is AI-generated Twitch streams. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what the fuck is that? Or, you, or you're aware. This is really the only two options. There's no, there's no middle ground. Um, and I'm going to give a little bit of a history lesson. I don't promise to be an expert, but I do, you know, educationally i have a computer science degree i have spent a lot of time reading and learning about ml models um learning ai and how to you know how they would be used i've thought about how they'd be used in my professional career how we might use them in the place i work i've got two or three experiments that i've requested permission to run using ml models um that haven't been funded so i sit and i wait but like it's something that we think about um, and so I was fascinated with the first one of these that I became aware of, which is a VTuber that is not a VTuber. So if you're not even familiar with VTubers, Jesus Christ, I'm going to take a step back. These are effectively like puppets that you, that are worked through motion capture. Usually they're using cameras rather than motion suits where they capture facial expressions and hand movement and stuff like that. And then they're mapped onto, um, these models, these they're either 2D or 3D models that are used in lieu of a camera. 
for streaming. So like where you might have a streamer who has a video camera of themselves and said they'd have this model. And most of them are anime related. They're people who like anime with anime style characters. They usually have some kind of theme to them, but not always. They'll be like, I am, uh, I don't know, let's say lobster. I'm going to say there's a lobster VTuber out there. I'm just going to believe it. I don't know that to be true, but I'm sure there is. Uh, and so it would be an anime girl with vague features that might resemble a lobster, which is totally not germane to this because the Narasama does not have any of that. It's just it is one that they got off a public library of like free to use models. Um, a man who goes by the name Vidal on Twitch uh, wrote an, or engineered an AI to learn to play the game, also, which if you're not familiar with also, it is. Um, a game that takes the mechanics of Oendon, um, obviously none of the art and stuff, and you can just apply the, what, I don't know what you'd even call that, you know, the tapping of all the ball, where you tap the, all the numbers in sync with the, the beats coming in, roll the balls around, all, all those mechanics. It's that, and then it's an open source version of that where you can write your own patterns for music. So you could take any song and you could draw a pattern for it. Obviously there's none of the weird background shit that goes on in, in Elite Beat Agents or Owen Don. But it's just it's just that gameplay mechanic. And he created a, a an AI that learned to play that game. And the whole thing with AI is you can teach you can let them teach themselves by incentivizing doing things correctly. And it will just keep trying stuff until it and I say incentivizing. It's almost like training a dog. Like you basically give it a treat for doing the right thing and it will learn to do the right it, it will realize that what I did was right so I'm going to do it again it's just just like a, a Pavlovian response except it's a computer and you just keep doing that you just keep rewarding it and eventually it gets more and more efficient at doing the thing that is that is the rewarded outcome and so you just let it do that forever and there's actually a really good video where it shows um, an AI learning to play one one of Super Mario Brothers. And first, it doesn't know anything. All it, it so it just runs right into that Goomba because it has no clue. It wasn't trained. Actually, no. First, it just stands there and just kind of jiggles around because it doesn't know what to do. And eventually, it gets to the spot where it clears the stage. Now, does it look like a human playing the game? Eh, not really. But it figured out a pattern to do it. And in theory, because it wants to get the reward, it gets better and better and better and better at it. So... Eventually, this model he created beat the world's best Osu player. Like, it got really good at playing the game. And you could watch, uh, he puts up streams of, of that AI playing. But what he realized is, in order to make this stream more interesting, uh, he needed to put another layer on it. So he strapped on a, a, um, na- a, a natural language, uh, bot that would take the text from the chat and come up with conversational style responses to them. And he created a persona for it, which is a streamer. And so it writes all its responses like the model thinks a streamer would respond to them, which means sometimes Neurosama, the streamer, goes off and tells these insane stories that don't make any sense. Like, absolutely... Like, um, there was one, I think it was today, actually, when I was trying to decide if I want to talk about this, where the the story was, um, 
something like I had been playing. I, I basically played video games all night last night, and then I went to take a shower, but I couldn't. I couldn't dry my hair fast enough, so I used the hair dryer, and the hair dryer got too hot, and my hair caught on fire, and now I'm badly burnt. And she just says that. Like, there's no, there's no prompt to it. She just says it. And the hmm. chat, the chat freaked out. But that's just now how natural language processing works. Is it just, it just takes a word and then it fig- it generates the next word based on the context and the previous word, and it just keeps building out the sense. And that's where her insane ass sentence went. He also strapped an AI based voice generator on it, so it took the text and created inflections to make it sound like natural talking. And then he put a model that you can basically use for free on top of it pointed her at the chat and then use uh, an image-based ML processing that looks at the screen and picks up details from literally what she is seeing to play the game and made the best Osu player and world's first AI streamer, as far as I know. And it's weirdly captivating as it's gotten better. Like, it interacts with the chat. Uh, it It has a defined personality. Now, doesn't mean it doesn't say completely insane bullshit, and it doesn't mean there's any real canon. If you act, like, if people ask what her age is, you could get any fucking answer imaginable. Like, there's no canon there. It's very stateless in that respect. But it's interesting to see how all those pieces were laid together. And the engineer brain in me was fascinated by that. And I probably watched a lot of hours just trying to figure out, like, okay, what components are in play here? And since, since she became more popular, he's, you know, he's talked about them. He also had to talk about them because she reacts to the chat and naturally generates text. And of course, the chat spent all of its time trying to make her say bad things and eventually managed to pull it off and she got banned for a few days. Oops. Um, the next one of those I became aware of was a little bit weirder. Uh, and this is already pretty weird. Like, that that still feels like a normal stream. This is one that... that um. I can't remember the exact name because it's currently also banned. Uh, generated uh, Seinfeld skits. It was, wasn't it called Nothing Forever? <laughs> oh yeah, Nothing Forever because of course it's a show about nothing. And it was it had it had four personas with the four main characters of Seinfeld, but not with their names, uh, with with uh, free discount names and these weird like polygonal models that would move around either the stand up set where not Jerry was would do a stand-up set, then we'd get like a musical transition back to the apartment, and they would almost always talk about a new restaurant that opened. Did you hear about the new kebab place that opened? Oh, we should go there. I don't know. Where? What about not Jerry? Does he want to go? And they'd talk about it. But what, that one had a little bit of state in it. And what I thought was really interesting was the state that it had. Um, one time... Because the the persona, so you can create these personas for ML where you describe them, and you can give more detail to try to create more and more accurate personas. You can feed them raw data in some of these ML systems. So, like this is how that character reacts, and try to write something that reacts like the person. And there's some good ones out there that do a pretty good job of it. Um, I don't think any of them would pass the Turing test yet, but they're they're probably pretty close. Um. If you didn't know that it was potentially ML, I believe some of these could fool you into thinking you're talking to the person they are trying to model, some of the more mature ones. But if you knew that prospect was there, I think you would probably if you knew that, that was if you if you were being told explicitly is this the real one or is this AI, I think you would probably be able to detect it. Um this one uh in this one instance, Jerry 
was told the crew at his apartment that he got a Hollywood contract because he's a comedian. He got a Hollywood contract to make a movie, so he's going to Hollywood. And then he was just gone. Like, he just disappeared from the show for a while because the AIs, when it was generating the scene, each character would generate their text and the others would respond. And so his AI was like, well, he's not there. At least, at least as near as I can figure from observation. Because what happened is we we then had a scene, because it would alternate, um, apartment scene, stand-up scene, just like Seinfeld, you know, it would open and close with him doing stand-up. Um and the next stand-up scene came around and Jerry wasn't there. It was just an empty microphone for for like two minutes or like a minute. And then we had the next scene and Jerry wasn't in it again. And he didn't show up until another character mentioned him. Which, because they, again, they there's another new fucking restaurant. All they ever did was new restaurants. And um, he, somebody goes, we should ask, and I can't remember what they called Jerry. We should ask Jerry if he wants to go. And then he literally like appeared in the in the world like a magician and said, "I would love to go," because I think I, I believe the AI that they had trained to speak to to play his role had determined that he was not present, and so when the scenes would generate and figure out who was there, he was never contributing dialogue, and so he didn't generate. It was weird as shit. Um, so that that one actually had lore, which I was not prepared for. Um, but the one that's absolutely caused like a breakdown in the in the NWR Discord um, is I want to get the exact name right, but it is an AI that all it does is it generates alternate steamed hams episodes. That's it. Uh, um, the unlimited, yes, unlimited steam. All it does is it generates the Skinner and Chalmers sketch over and over and over again with different foods, different things Skinner's going to replace the food with, different excuses that Skinner gives for the fire, uh, all of it. And it's it's fascinating because it's just over and like that that song that they do. If you if you've actually seen the whole, the full thing, not just the chopped up meme, it's part of an episode where it's like a bunch of vignettes about Springfield. And it was actually like a stealth possible pilot for a spin-off just about the 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 backup characters. And in it halfway through the or right after the beginning, right after Chalmers shows up, there's this like um 70s sitcom opening song about how they're always causing trouble and stuff. Sometimes even <laughs> that's AI generated where it'll generate <laughs> lyrics for that song that are basically the same thing, but it's like, here's a phrase, generate an alternate way to say it, and it's sung by like a GLaDOS voice. <laughs> do 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 do. Skinner and Chalmers causing all the mischief, bringing up trouble, getting in trouble. Skinner and Chalmers, <laughs> best of friends, they hate each other. Do 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 do. It's like Skinner. what the fuck is- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then you'll hear you'll hear the voice that and they used voice clips from these characters near as I can tell to try to replicate their voice. So you'll hear this this AI general Skinner. Um Skinner's mom sometimes pipes up, which is really funny, but that's also random, so it can happen at any time. But there was one that I was watching the other day. Um they were going to have a nice a nice uh lunch of blackberries. That's it. That was the lunch because that was the food the AI generated. And then like they, they have this really long conversation in the front room or at the door. 
And that's, you know, it's all basically what I could tell is the AI generates the prompts. It knows the beats. And so then it's, it basically, um, Oh, what's, what's that, that thing mad libs, the scene with the, with the think of a food, think of an alternate food, think of a, a reason for a fire. And it just sort of puts them into the beats of the scene. But how long they go is just the two character, the two personas talking to each other. So they might talk for a while about nothing or about, you know, they're, they're playing the role that that character played in the scene, but they're almost immediately thrown off because they're reacting to the inputs of the other one, which is a fun thing when you have two AI talk to each other. They will absolutely throw each other off. And there's been a, there's been a couple times where, so the, the, the burn, Oh, Skinner, you burned the blackberries, you stupid idiot. What the fuck is wrong with me? Which I'm like, whoa, the AI got saucy this time. Um, there was one time that he prayed to Satan to come up with a solution for the burned food. Uh, there was an incident where he looked outside and determined there was a meat truck. So I'm just going to go take, I'm going to go see if they have the meat I need to make, or the cilantro I need to fix this dish. Um, (laughs) He burned the ice cream once, which was the this this lunch of ice cream. Skinner, you fool! You've burned the ice cream, and it's like <laughs> it's like oh fuck, this is so stupid. It's hypnotic. It just goes forever. But my one of my all time favorites was you know it's th- what does Skinner say about the fire? Um, what does he say about the smoke? Uh, many times Chalmers has broken Skinner, the Skinner AI, and gotten him to admit that it was a fire, which is always really weird. Um, but he's, he, Skinner lately has gotten on a kick of saying that it's levitation instead of fire. And the, 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 the source of the levitation changes, but Skinner, the kitchen is on fire. No, that's just levitation. That's not levitation. I can see the fire. No, it's levitation. It will work itself out. We should put out the fire before it consumes the house. No, it's levitation. Don't worry. And then they're outside. And you hear the the mother. It just keeps going. It's just, it's so good. Um, <laughs> there, was a, there was another good one where it generated a prompt where, I'm trying to remember what it was they were making. But it, oh, it was, a, it was, it was pie. It was, it was a type of pie. I can't remember specifically what it was. And instead, Skinner made like just cilantro. That was what he served for for lunch instead. And so he comes out there. He goes, Skinner, where's the pie I ordered? Because sometimes the AI thinks it's working in a restaurant. Sometimes they're both working in the restaurant. Sometimes it's just Skinner. It's not clear. Um, and Skinner's response was, "The pie was poisoned." And I just started laughing hysterically because the pie was poisoned. Of course it was. Why wouldn't it be poisoned? Um, and then they debate, well, how did you know the pie was poisoned? Which is, which is a great response. Like, it was really natural. They asked, very good. How did you know the pie was? Great question. And Skinner goes on describing the pot, like, the way that they tested for poison in exacting detail because an ML is very good at this. And he describes this mechanism for – and then he goes – Chalmers asked another good question. Well, where did the poison pie come from? River monsters. And that was it. I was done. I was done. The fire was caused by river monsters who poisoned the pie. Great. And then they have a scene outside where he's like, Skinner, your house is on fire. Oh, no, no, no. That's just river monsters. They'll move on. And I'm like, I, 
great. This is fucking beautiful. I can't. I'm. I'm delighted. Did I you can't, do the other bit where he says river monsters at this time of year, at this time of day, <laughs> localized very, exclusively to did, your kitchen? He, he did ask to see the river monsters, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Skin, Skinner, Skinner's response was, "Oh no, they're very dangerous." May I see it? No. No. <laughs> he, he always asks, and a lot of times the answer is just no. But in this case, his response was, "Oh no, no, no! It's very dangerous." Um, there was one where it was tiny meteors was the source of the fire. No, no, it's just, it's just tiny meteors. Tiny meteors? That's fire! Oh, no, sir, it's just tiny meteors. And then he goes, can I see them? Oh, no, they're very small. You can't see them. It's like, yeah, of course, fuck it! They're very small. Why would you be able to see tiny meteors? Idiot! Uh, it's so good. And then the other day I became aware of one more, which is always break time, which is attempting to generate a slice of life anime in their own quotes, longer than one piece, which will only take them 17 days where it generates scenes. And there is some interstitial stuff there where it's just like the scenes of high schoolers hanging out in like a slice of life anime during break time. This is the one where the conversation is most convincing. Like it sounds like real conversation from the source material. Like, this is the kind of dumb shit those animes would have in them. And the character personas are rock solid. They always stick. It's insipid and silly and nonsensical. He's like, there's a Chinibio male. There's kind of the flighty, cute girl. And then there's the more serious, or maybe a little bit brooding, who kind of just puts up with their bullshit friend. And she's constantly going, you two are you two are ridiculous. That's a terrible idea. No, I'm the king of this hallway. I'm going to paint it. So it's my castle. That's a great idea. No, you're not allowed to paint the hallway. And it's like the, these skits go on for a while. But then occasionally, there's a monster chasing them. And there's these weird brooding scenes where they're trying to escape from a monster. Which is weird. And sometimes the chat is asked to vote and it influences the scene in real time, which is very weird. Um, but yeah, this this whole like trend of just auto-generating content is... I, like Each one of these has been really interesting to me because I get to watch and try to figure out how the whole thing works. Like reverse engineer it. And that's really cool. The, the Simpsons one is really fun because the things that it generates aren't really that much crazier than it's Aurora Borealis. Um, although I think there was one that was ghosts. Hmm. It's like, it's just, it's just ghosts. And he'd asked, can I see the ghosts? Well, no, they're ghosts. I'm like, that's, all right, that's a little bit further than Aurora Borealis, but not a lot. It's not a lot farther out. I, 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 I've recently been on a kick of the anime one because it is really, con- like the text is really good. Like the, the conversations back and forth hold really well, and they it doesn't have that weird feeling of like, oh, an AI generated this, except for when like it'll generate bows sarcastically, like it's a stage prompt, like it's it's it believes it's generating a script, and the character will just say bow sarcastically, and it's like, well, okay, that one didn't work out, um, but you know, it's also generating the video that goes with it. It's really neat how these all work together, and it. 
you know, it, I don't feel like there's any risk of this. Oh, it's taking away jobs or anything like that. It's mostly mostly just a neat toy, and I I kind of like that. And I'd be curious if this shows up in other content in the future. But they're weird. They can be weirdly captivating. Um, right at this point, the one I mentioned at the beginning, Neurosama, they've started doing collaborations with other streamers because they put in the ability for capturing the audio of the person talking, converting it to text, and letting it generate a response back. Like, it's conversational now. That's weird. That's really fucking weird. But also, it's kind of amazing and captivating, and it's it's a really fun use of a piece of technology that has largely been used for kind of droll and boring things of, like, generate text to fill in for this warning or generate a response to somebody asking a question on our on our website to create goofy nonsense and it's great it's like the internet got a hold of a toy and did something really stupid with it and that's what the internet does and i love it that's it that's all i got well i know you mentioned uh like the the ai the algorithm just generating seinfeld out of nothing because yeah. uh he wasn't in the scene before and suddenly he's there so um what if i told you that the algorithm for our show just generated someone who's been absent so far Oh, shit! Hey, hey. John Lindemann's here, summoned from the void. Hi, I, John. I am. It's uh, it's great to be summoned. Say his name and he appears. Yeah, that's how it goes these days. You know what I mean? Anything can happen. I just... I, no, I, just, I wouldn't trust myself to say John Lindemann five times without one of those signs <laughs> saying... You have to, you have to be looking the, you got <laughs> then what happens if you screw up the summoning? Like what comes I, through then? Say you his have to name be looking and he appears. Too, Greg. I believe in John Lindy. I just... I, God, I just fucking impact referenced you. Jesus, what is wrong with my life? Mm. So, uh, John, welcome. We're going to do some email, and uh, then we wrap back around and hit john's new business so uh actually john since you're you're just joining us i'd like you to read uh jonas's email sure thing there's there's an irony to this email we'll get to it at the end all right jonas writes dear rfn near the end of last year i finally gave the bioshock series a shot thanks to the entire trilogy being only ten dollars on the eShop during cyber monday it never seemed like a game for me, but once I finally tried it, I fell in love with them, the first game in particular. I found myself regretting not playing them when they first came out, wishing I could have been a part of all the resulting conversations for such an amazing game. Have you guys tried a game years later and regretted that you missed out being a part of the zeitgeist? So uh, this email's been around for a really long time to the point of irony, including following up email as a potential follow-up candidate for other emails where it was relevant. Uh, timing. Is, is always mm. difficult. So, uh, John, about you? I mean, you've you've you play you've owned a great many games. I, I have. Uh, are there are there <laughs> games, games that I've had a few, but too few. Are there, to are there games that you bought and then wish you had played earlier so you um, could have been part of? I the mean, one that comes to mind, an obvious one, is Chrono Trigger. Yeah, uh, that's a good that one. That game, you know, came out in 95 and I probably I didn't play it and I I mean I'm sure I I'm sure Greg could probably tell me when I played it. Lord knows I can't. Yeah, well, I am trying to remember <laughs> when exactly what cuz it went on for it started but it, it was it a did. DS. It was a DS mm. version, right, that you actually yes, ended up playing. Yes, it was a DS and, version. 
and it, but like it took a while until you sort of finally declared victory on it. Even it's not the longest RPG in the world, obviously. Like no, especially on the 32-bit no. era, they got longer we, uh, to say the we, least. But you can still put a lot of time into because this is a lot, of, quite a lot of optional stuff. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. All right, this, this is amazing. We mentioned the Chrono Trigger DS on 247, 244, 243. 241, 240, 239, 238, and 237, where it first comes up. So when did I finally declare victory on it? Uh, well... What year was that? Ah, uh, amazing! Trust me, you, st- you started in April. Yeah, and it was dangerously you... close to getting out of the zeitgeist for the DS version. I guess yeah. is the point, rather than simply <laughs> the Super Nintendo one. We we really we really did a a good run on this one, mm-hmm. and then it comes back up again in six forty two and six forty nine because we're absolute just monsters. Like just yeah, well, it's, you know, it's timeless, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, but see, that's the whole thing. It's like I'm actually part of the Chrono Trigger game, so this is part of me, me playing Chrono Trigger. Part of me Wait. is going back in time to play Chrono Trigger. So, <laughs> hmm. Wait, hold on. Why did we talk about it? What? Mm-hmm. What? What? So we talked about it in 642 because Guillaume was playing it, and then mm-hmm. we talk about it again on 694, but I can't figure out why we talked about it based on the notes, and that's really upsetting. Why? Oh, you're probably it, can't, it can't be a, a, a sort of non sequitur on this show. I mean, surely. But, but that's <laughs> that's the thing. I'm not. It takes a lot of effort for me to add related content. So if we added it, there was a reason. Yes, but like, not necessarily a sort of logical or intuitive no, reason. Right, no. <laughs> I agree. That's, that's fair. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's passed into RFN lore at this point. So it was. It was a big. It was a big deal. I do. I do remember just like uh, I think there was a stinger to do with that episode where John finally finished it, where he talked about you know defeating Larvos forever, and I just cut in the. <laughs> just to suggest that he's not dead, John. You'll have to kill. He's come back one day, and you'll have to kill mm-hmm. him again. So yeah, it's uh, it's fond memories. What can you say? Jo- yeah, John. John plays Chrono Cross to completion, a marathon. Yeah, no, but, yeah, that would be yeah I mean, I would have been. I you know, I would have been part of the zeitgeist at that point. But you know, I was part of the zeitgeist, I guess, for Final Fantasy three. Well, yeah, I was going to say because that but, obviously was you. Know, it's a it's the same general you know kind of period of time, and that was a yeah. really big deal. And that is something that you know I didn't. I didn't get into that at the time. You know, I've played it since and I enjoyed it a lot. But it's sort of shades of Jonas's email in terms of you still appreciate all the things that are good about it. You know, the pixel art, mm-hmm. the narrative, the the music, especially. But you wonder how much more impactful it would have felt in yeah. you know the the mid nineties as so- opposed to you know playing it. Uh, I think I, the first time I really got anywhere you know deep into uh final fantasy 6 in any form was on the virtual console so you're talking about you know late aughts or whatever it was right so, so i feel like we're choosing very old examples for the zeitgeist, que- well, zeitgeist well, question well, because i'm very I, old yeah but yeah. but i mean uh i was in high school when uh, i don't know like chrono trigger and stuff like that was out and uh no one said zeitgeist 
Uh, and, uh, to me, like it's really more. Like, uh, well, uh, well, you, no, you, German school, no one said the word. The no, but, but also like it was not. <laughs> no one knew like, what the word zeitgeist meant. <laughs> I, well, also like just fucking nerds were playing video games. Like it was not. Yes, like the, there was no zeitgeist. Like uh, to me, like it's very much kind of a uh, with the internet and uh, you know like chat rooms and uh, discussion message boards, boards yeah. message boards. Yeah, like that's that's where the the zeitgeist for for. Uh, video games anyway uh, starts um, but yeah anyway maybe that's just more me. so I, I, just... I agree with that I think it's more powerful when you get more into the you know I mean I, I was very slightly online around about the time that Chrono Trigger and uh, FF6 came out like big, but like really really early dial up when you could yeah. re- mm. there wasn't a lot to do on the internet and I wasn't even doing what you could do on it because it was just kind of like yeah well this is a thing it exists I've I've gone to nintendo.com or whatever and seen a microscopic uh, screenshot of Mario 64 <laughs> or Killer yes. Instinct on Super Nintendo that took ages to load like but uh, yeah more so when it goes on and, and you see more of like people sharing experiences and you know I, I've spoken many many times about the build up even more so than the game coming out to Ocarina of Time being like mm. this kind of seminal moment for that kind of where you really feel the zeitgeist as, as insofar as one can, uh, you know, because it was just such a big deal. You know, everybody was losing their minds over uh, Ocarina of Time, Zelda 64, you know, as it was often referred to before release, uh, just because the, it kept, you know, we kept waiting longer and longer. You, you kind of saw more of it and just the, the hype for another console Zelda when. There hadn't been one for, you know, were uh, getting on for six years or so at that point, which again felt longer back then. So that, that definitely kind of, um, you know, added a lot to the anticipation. And then to some extent, you know, the payoff when the, you finally got the game and played it. Um, you know, and even felt like it did live up to a lot of those like astronomical expectations that you had. So, yeah, th- there was definitely an added element once you got a few years after that. But even back then, when it was mostly like reading stuff in magazines and whatnot, there's still that element of you know. You you did miss out so much on sharing like it with a bunch of people. Um, you know, the way that you might do when you're part of online communities, but you, you did still have that kind of back and forth with magazines, but also just simply the sort of unprecedented nature of it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you never kind of get back that feel. Like I said, if I played, you know, uh, Final Fantasy VI when it was new, it would have been a sort of new high watermark for yeah. you know kind yeah. of the way that they staged like storytelling and soundtrack and all this sort of stuff and as much as you can still be impressed by it now and i think this it, it, you, you can still be impressed by the artistry of that game because it's just it's very it was very well done it's not going to have the same impact so it's almost two elements to this there's the kind of history of the art form element and then there's the kind of community part of it that and the the, mm-hmm. the disc course part of it that went alongside that i um i would say for me so i've talked about it on the show where my parents i got an nes when i was really young and my parents actually didn't even buy that for me an aunt bought that for me for christmas when they had dropped to a hundred dollars which was a lot of money in the i think it's probably been about 90 but but um I, i the fact that i remember how much that cost when i was five tells you how much i wanted one 
Um, and then my parents never bought me a video game system until late N64. And we've talked about it. It was that, that uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer bundle. So that gives you kind of the timeline of when I got it. That'd be, what, 99? Well, it's at least 99 because that was when the film came out. But I assume it was pretty tight to, to Yeah, I think, it was pr- I think it was pretty tight. So that's basically I went from 90 to 99 without getting a new console. Um, I had a PC, but it was older at that point. And so, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to talk about any of the games people were playing. Couldn't talk about PlayStation stuff. Couldn't talk about N64 stuff. Like, I, I knew, I knew someone who had a fucking Saturn. I knew someone <laughs> with a fucking Saturn. Couldn't talk about any of that because I couldn't play it. Um, you know, and no, I to be fair, this, they probably had a pretty lonely experience. <laughs> I mean, and if you, if you asked for a Saturn, well earned. Um, it just was not all that popular in America, even I, even where those Sega had done so well in the previous generation. Yeah, but the the to add to compound the fact, like, well, you could go to your friend's house and play. One, I'm an introvert, and it was way worse when I was a kid, so that would have been really difficult for me. But two, I went to a school that pulled from a much larger geographic footprint than my high school, so my nearest classmate was like four miles away. So there, it wasn't like I could just go hang. And that wasn't a friend. That was literally my nearest classmate. I didn't even like that person. I thought he was an asshole. So it like I didn't I couldn't really even just like go hang out at their place to play it either. Like that would have taken a ride from one of our parents and that like, can I go to their house to play video games? No, no, you can't. So. I couldn't talk about any of the games that were coming out in like the late nineties. Cause I just couldn't play them. So that I, and I remember it was most profound, um, for final fantasy seven, because that game came out and got this massive, unimaginable marketing deal. Oh yeah. Like, it was big. I remember that. I remember like, uh, getting, like the um, the comic, like Marvel comics at that time, yeah. and just seeing the double page spread of Midgar, you know, with all black with the city oh, yeah. know, lit up and all that. Like, it, just thinking, like, I've never seen a game get a push like this before. Admittedly, you know, I didn't have yeah. that much experience to draw I, on. I, I, Most of the things I read up to that point, uh, you know, that were like magazines, were games magazines, so, you know, mm-hmm. it's a I, skewed I, perspective, but still. I I remember um, this was back when MTV was producing actual content and not just showing, like, the same show for 20 hours straight. Um, this was, like, peak of their powers MTV as a television show network rather than music video. So, like, Beavis and Butthead at the, at, was, 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 like, coming off the edge of that power. But, like, moving into the next wave of stuff. Because they had, they had a couple waves after that. I remember they were running an ad for Final Fantasy VII in almost every commercial break at one point. Which must have cost an obscene amount of money. Yeah. You couldn't uh, avoid it. Yeah. And so, like, they... All of my friends had it. They were all playing it. And they weren't just playing it. They were bringing, like, the strategy guide to school to go to talk about, like, th- things that they had to just, just to, like, as a tool to speak about the game. That's the degree to which they were speaking about it. And I didn't have any of that. I, c- I wasn't allowed to have any of that. 
And so, like, I'm just like, that's not something you can even participate in the conversation. Like, you're just done. And it's like on the bus ride. And like I said, I, I'm, I lived really far from my school. Our bus ride, like, my bus stop was, was a mile plus from my house. I happened to live close ish to it. Um, our bus ride was really long. Like, it was like 25 minutes of just sitting there with, well, they're just talking. And it's like it's it when you're in middle school, which is what I would have been at that point. Like that's that's not just like oh, I'm missing out on the zeitgeist. It's like being social isolation. Like it it really feels bad. Like it felt really bad as a kid. And like I remember explicitly saying to my parents, "Look, I the fact that I'm not allowed to have a video game system is effectively socially isolating me." I'm sure I didn't use those words, but that's the problem. I, don't know, I, I wouldn't put it by you at any age. As <laughs> thirteen, I might have said it that way. I'm sure tw- you would. Twelve, um, but I mean that was the point I made to them was like this is actually socially difficult for me because I can't talk about anything that they're talking about, and eventually, and legitimately, I think if it wasn't episode one racer bundle, I wouldn't have gotten it because my mother watched that went went to that movie and enjoyed it. And I think that legitimately was the thing that was enough of a tweak that caused me to get it. It's entirely possible I wouldn't have gotten it in 64 either because I didn't have any money. I didn't have any money. Uh, so it it was like that to me, that was when it felt the worst. Um, there's obviously been times now, like before I got this laptop, I had a one that wasn't very powerful. And, you know, Seren would be like, hey, you should play this game. And I'm like, you're right. I should. <laughs> but I can't. I'm sorry. Um, but that was the most profound because it wasn't just like I'm missing out on the conversation, which is which feels a much more online thing. I was online in middle school, but it was different then. And like it, it, there wasn't so much to like. It was more like I have this this immense powerful toy. Um, but like now it's much more of a you know I'm in a Discord. I'm talking to people. I'm on, I'm on a fucking podcast where we talk about video games, and sometimes I fret. That the latest game has come out and none of us are talking about it. Like the, last- no, we know, the last 15 years of this podcast wouldn't have been possible without the pod race. So. It's true. Th- Ripples th- this pod- in a still pond. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, when, when none of us talked about uh, po- Pokemon... Scarlet Violet. Yeah, like that was... I was starting to fret that. I was like, do I need to play that game so somebody fucking talks about yeah, it? Yeah, but at the same time, though, I think people come to our podcast because every other podcast is talking about that game to a You're certain right. degree. Yeah, like, there's we've seen right. no shortage of, 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 uh, of chat about that one, I, but, I should imagine, especially with the the technical problems that always tends to... You know, it's like yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, bring people uh, you know, to, uh, to, to to talk about it. It's like, uh, in a weird way, always kind of... I mean, look, it's a, it's a new generation of Pokemon games. It's always going to be a huge deal, but the, <laughs> the fact that it was some sort of technical disaster almost helped make it more like conversation work. It seemed like to me from the outside, but the, do they have the the profound skill and deafness that we have? Can they talk about it with the the same context and, and insight? Mm. Can they can they spend a bunch of time talking about how Pokemon Sleep is going to influence game Pokemon you have in future Pokemon oh, games? Oh, Pokemon Sleep! <laughs> the Pokemon. All right, John, have you seen that Pokemon Direct news? No. You're missing out on the zeitgeist right now, John. I'm going. <laughs> oh, no. 
So do you remember the Pokemon Plus, which was that thing that Nintendo made to go along with uh, Poke? That was that one went with Pokemon Go, right? I think it was very late to the party. Yeah. If it's the yes. thing I'm yeah. thinking of, but they if, did if get you there were, eventually. If you were yeah. making a device that still does the Pokemon Go stuff, but now partners with Pokemon Sleep, a sleep tracking sleep tracking app with Pokemon, what would you call this sequel <sighs> device? Starlax? Also- I don't know. <laughs> so Snorlax features heavily yeah. in the game. Pokemon okay. plus cats. There you go. Uh, so the, the first device is called Pokemon Plus. What would you call it? Think like Nintendo. What Pokemon Plus DX? You're 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 it's closer it's than you than want the real to be. One. <laughs> the, the I'm name, closer than the, I want to be, but as close as I probably expect to be. All right, so I'm going to give you more context. Uh, they they made a mobile game called Pokemon Masters and made season two Pokemon Masters EX, which if you take the S <laughs> off Masters and put it with EX, wow, Pokemon Master Sex. Yeah, wasn't that a TV show? Pokemon yeah. Master Sex. <laughs> so so again, I'm going to give you one last chance. What is your sequel device to the Pokemon Plus? Is it Pokemon Plus EX? No. You wish. It's Pokemon Plus Plus. What? Oh, it gets better. That's it's ludicrous. P-L- it's P L U S plus symbol. Makes <laughs> <laughs> no sense at all. It tracks your sleep. Uh, and then it, it, it makes Pokemon noises at you when it's time to wake up. That makes no sense. No, oh, it, doesn't. it doesn't. That was, make- the, that was the best part of that direct, and it wasn't even close. Uh, it, I gotta oh, say, watching that, uh, it, it was a little while back, but uh, a bit ago I saw the new like reboot of Child's Play, where Chucky is like oh, a yeah. smart device that like hooks into other smart devices and stuff. Yes. It had some pretty strong vibes of that, but if any of the Pokemon, I mean, Pokemon Sleep are voiced by Mark Hamill, we may be in trouble. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, Yo, what about you, Zeitgeist? Yeah, I I don't think that's ever happened to me, because my... um, Usually, if I go back to certain games, either they're too old to ever have had a Zeitgeist, and so (laughs) I don't feel like I've missed out on the conversation. Like I I mentioned recently that I played Fantasy Star 4 on the Virtual Console. I freaking loved it. It's a great, you know, old-school RPG. But did I miss on the Zeitgeist? Not, Not really. Like, the... The, the zeitgeist was probably always as big as it could possibly like i if i started talking about it at the time that i i played it that was probably the zeitgeist you know um <laughs> well so, that uh, blue dragon uh, that that was big big in the cultural uh, conversation <laughs> that did not really lead anywhere but also i i looked up on old like um uh was it, was it called Resetera back then? No, it was something else, right? It'd have been NeoGAF. NeoGAF. Yeah. Anyway, I looked up old threads, and uh, there was never a zeitgeist. Uh, people were so, always clear-eyed about uh, how you know mediocre it was. So here's here's kind of an interestingly related one. Um, 
when was the guy the zeitgeist for xenoblade chronicles on wii that was a bit of a, uh, sort of bit of a rollout because it, you you, you kind of had like the, was, the japanese release and obviously some people who have japanese language skills or some people that were just you know kind of try bulldoze their way <laughs> through the language barrier like played it and you had some but i was kind of tracking it like you know you heard some positive things but obviously it was yeah. not like a tidal wave by any means and it didn't really sell that much in japan no so even though obviously you know to that point we had been a relatively big success in japan that particular game you know didn't like come out and blow the doors off and so mostly the zeitgeist around xenoblade was can we get this thing to come out and like like, okay well europe are gonna do it and then that 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 was the the big the the, the sort of its, it's peak relevance in the sort of discourse uh you know was mm-hmm. was this general kind of trend of like why have LOA sort of taken this kind of hard line with you know particular types of games and you know then obviously you know, NOE coming in and they start to do some things of their own and yeah that not to, rather than the game itself but yeah I guess the problem is there was a you know it, the word spirit of the time right well there wasn't right. one particular time where xenoblade no. broke out it was a succession of things that kind of accumulated over time rather than at one point in it and you, you, it, right. so yeah it kind of um you know i do feel like maybe if you take a looser definition of like that, that process that occurred over like a like a couple of years or whatever it was like you could kind of say so but not like a one burning hot like like you sort of said with Final Fantasy 7 when you know the the marketing blitz was inescapable or as in with Jonas's email about Bioshock like that every podcast had to talk about Bioshock and how you know you know, so like that was uh, a, a, another one where it's like it was really super concentrated. I mean, I played Bioshock on PS3, and I didn't get a PS3 until uh, a couple of years after Bioshock originally came out. So it was probably like 2010 by the time I played Bioshock, which obviously far closer to its release than that Jonas is talking about. But I kind of felt like I missed out on that real, you know, concentrated, like this is the the hot thing that everybody's talking about uh, in 07, uh, I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, you know, the, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. so, you know, it, it, even even that, not that far removed, you can feel like the, you, you kind of missed its moment when it burns that kind of hot and bright. Yeah. This is this is interesting because it it I think we could probably and if somebody wants to do it you could send an email to rfn at nintendoworldreport dot com um like ask what the what the value of a game being in the zeitgeist is or how it affects how you perceive or interact with the game or how it affects mm. how the game is talked about like I I think I think we're far enough removed now from twenty twenty. that we can talk about how I mean it was easy to say like oh the pandemic made Animal Crossing more money which it did but like understand how that influenced how people perceived the game and have that that kind of you know secondary analytical approach to it not just the raw numbers conversation but 
you know, the its social impact, it's the impact it had on players. Like, I think there's part of that that's tied in with Zeitgeist as well. Oh, definitely. And I think Animal Crossing is a special case because so much of it is about sharing, you know, like, well, oh, yeah. you know, my island, you know, turned out differently. And, and some of that is, you know, what you do with it. Some of it is that, you know, what, what, what villages do you get? What things just kind of happen, you know? And uh, the fact that there were so many people playing the game at once, uh, because and, and there always would have been obviously Animal Crossing, oh, yeah. you know, long it since sell. established itself as a very big deal on Nintendo hardware, even you know much less popular hardware than the Switch was even before the pandemic. But the fact that he's like, okay, you got all these people playing it all at once with better ways of sharing their experiences than they've had before, even though you know I'm sure you have know, some people think Nintendo's integration with social media and stuff is still a bit under but you know there's a lot more opportunity to share than in the past and then that kind of enriches everyone's experience right because you appreciate more you know the what's going on with your island when you see you know the differences that other people have or it you know, kind of gives you reason to try things you might not have thought of or you know all that all that stuff uh, i think animal crossing you know, the whole like you know communication game angle that they had all the way back on the N64 game. Like it's, it's the kind of apotheosis of that, like in a way that they probably couldn't have even envisioned back then on no. N64, just how much that could, how broad and how kind of uh, pervasive that stuff could get. And in a moment where people were particularly eager for contact, um, yeah, and just that kind of mellow, you know, kind of uh, low, low stakes kind of uh, vibe, um, you know, something to occupy your mind, but not like occupy your mind with, oh God, you know, there's a, there's a zombie apocalypse or this, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, various other things that are often the case in, in popular games. It, it's a few, you know, it's been a few years now, no, I say a few years, but it's been a few years from that moment where everything was so uh, was just question marks. Everything was question marks. Like e- even the fundamental vector through which the, uh, Corona nineteen spread or COVID nineteen spread was a question mark. And there, like, it was a palpable fear, and there was stress, and there was concern, and there was worry, and there was just this massive unknown that 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 game provided a, a specific type of of salve to but yeah i i think it's its role at the center of the zeitgeist in that moment i mean people were hosting fucking talk shows in it like i think it fundamentally changed how, <laughs> how people perceive the game how how the game was how people playing the game people who planned to play the game for years i talked about it that time where i fell into this weird abyss of people built making their animal caught crossing dream journals about the, the island they were going to build that happened before the pandemic like that that energy was already there but it it engaged people who didn't do that and it it created this weird situation where because the game had become so popular and because it was so everywhere on social media and because it was so um it wasn't an op- a, a mechanism to communicate either directly in the game or through your social media content you post about your island that it it produced i i would say people who were playing it in that moment would have enjoyed it more than someone who played it now even though there's more content now and the game is certainly more stable and it's better it's it's i mean it's it's inarguably a better game now than it was then 
but I think people playing it then simply would have enjoyed it a lot more, or at least have a much deeper emotional connection to it because of its place in the in the conversation and our place in the world at that moment. I don't I don't know. If there's a game that could ever hit. I mean, I hope to God there is. <laughs> yeah, in but, many ways, let's but, let's hope there can't be but, such but, a thing for but a while. Could hit could hit with at like such the moment with such the impact and. I, I would not be surprised if it manifestly improved the mental well-being of a great many of its players just because of where we were at that moment in time. And that that's a bar that I don't think games can really get uh, aspire to on the regular, which is probably a good thing. Uh, but it's I don't know that anybody playing it now would have the same emotional experience as someone who was playing it in, was it April 2020? Like well, it's just, just for you know, it just they just got it out in time for the end of the fiscal year, so it was in March. But yeah, I okay. mean, you know, obviously, just barely. Yeah, it was it was one of those where it's like, well, look, it's a, it's a big launch. They probably didn't appreciate it, it how like, big it was going to end up being, but you know, it was. And I think it was, it was like it, seven days and three million. It was sales. almost uh, almost exactly timed around with the somewhat belated restrictions coming in in the UK. Uh, so it was right. definitely in March. But not as early in March as it should have been. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it certainly it then went on, you know, for for quite some time. The kind of yeah, that really intense kind of <laughs> as intense as Animal Crossing can be, you know, in terms of right. the uh, the sharing and the yeah, that kind of communal aspect of it. But uh, yeah, that, that that is going to be tough to, for people. And who knows how long it'll be before the next Animal Crossing? Because it was weirdly long from it was the three DS, the three DS game to that, you know. And so there was a lot for people, the more enthusiastic sort of. The uh, mobile you know, game had come out, but yeah, all oh, your happy home designer as well and stuff. But you know, and, and, well, who can forget the Amiibo Festival thing? But oh mm-hmm. my god, there was pent up demand amongst the, you know, the enthusiast sort of Animal Crossing players, of course, you know, because it had been so long. But, uh, yeah, you never would have imagined it would have been quite that intense. So even if it is several years until the next proper full-on Animal Crossing game, um, you know, you can't imagine it's quite going to be that intense. Again, we should really hope not, so probably. I, I Happy Home Designer is forever ruined because Carly once just said to herself, happy house arrest because you were stuck in a room designing it. And I like forever. That game is now ruined. That game is about your character has been trapped in a house because they're under house arrest. Just one passing comment, which is which I guess is a zeitgeist thing in its own way. Yeah, how, that, like, that kind of missed missed is if they if they held it over and they held that over until twenty twenty. You know, maybe that like, could have been very much in the spirit of the time. That, that game is just happy house arrest to me forever until the day I die. I will. I um, think one more one more thing I'll say. You know, kind of um, it's maybe a little bit early because it's not quite as you said in their sort of online kind of fully kind of online sharing. But I think Symphony of the Night is a game that you know obviously mm. I've played played quite a few times. Uh, but it was many years after the fact, and you kind of already heard a lot of stuff about it and all that. I think it would have been really interesting if it was in that sort of um, scene, that kind of burgeoning scene online 
line, which I say might have been a little bit early for me, possibly, because like, I wasn't doing that much stuff online in 97. But some, you know, said that aforementioned long build-up to, to Zelda, going on early Zelda fan sites and stuff. Um, but and, and Castlevania, like the Castlevania Dungeon, uh, Kurt Kalata's website, like if anyone remembers that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I, I was, yeah, I did like look stuff up on there. And stuff. Like, if I'd been a part of that scene, I think it, that would have been a very different, very sort of more rich experience in terms of, you know, the people who actually like were importing the Japanese version, because there was a pretty big gap. I think it was like six months in 97. Mm. And then like sort of discovering like, well, no, wait a minute, this isn't the real ending. And there's, there is an inverted castle and <laughs> all the other stuff. Like it would have been a much different experience and probably just a much more exciting one than again, when you play, you, you still enjoy it. There's a many, it's exactly what I said about Final Fantasy VI earlier on. There's so many things still to enjoy and appreciate about it, but you miss out on, you know, A, the great, the relatively kind of state of the art things there were about it, even though it was very much kind of going against the grain by being a sprite based game on PlayStation at that time. I spent, well, for Western markets, that was against the grain anyway. Uh, but then there's that discovery element that with everyone was disco- you know, the people who were importing it and playing it were discovering the, you know, the, all the, because there's so many weird edge cases in that game, you know, the different like, you know, equipment like things and all this kind of stuff. There's just, it, it's so, even though there's been a lot of the games in that template since, that's the one that just has the most like arcana built into it. And everyone was kind of, especially with the language barriers, it was getting pieced together over a period of time. So it might have been a bit more of a slow roll, type, a little bit like we talked with Xenoblade, rather than the red hot, like, uh, Bioshock. But I think that would have been a lot of fun to be involved with. And I did, I, I did feel the absence of that at the time, because obviously I did. He loved Castlevania. And, uh, you know, but importing N64 was very expensive and the PlayStation was simply, you know, not, going to happen. Uh, so I kept waiting for Castlevania 64. Oh boy. There there is a there is wow. a uh a conversation around whenever these souls games come out that because there's so many like secrets that are just bullshit like you just need to hit this wall. Is there any hint did you need to hit this wall? Not really. Where people online as they're playing that game are literally like reporting secrets to each other like fucking rumors. Like, hey, there's this wall in this random place, and I accidentally walked through it. You guys should go look, and it's just a section of the game. Uh, that That's really, like, something you can only have, like, in the moment when that game launches, as people are out hunting for secrets and reporting them out as part of the internet discourse. Uh, but that's for a really hardcore fan thing. Um, the, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, I, well, I was just going to say the... Um... Also, like the whole zeitgeist thing, I feel like necessarily for me would have to be like a PlayStation or a Microsoft thing because mm. starting with a GameCube, uh, I kind of played everything <laughs> that I wanted to play uh, from Nintendo. Uh, I, I just uh, and it was easy back then to just uh, you know like get a game, play through a lot of it. Uh, then like trade-ins were a thing that I, I, I did a lot. So. I ended up like even though like I wasn't making more money than I am now, like I I just ended up playing a whole lot. And so, and also I had like the IGN boards, <laughs> which uh, you know love hate them. 
Some um, of your your some of your best posts, I'm sure, Guillaume. Oh uh, God, so so many wasted years of my life that I'll never get back. But yeah, I was part of those conversations, right? So I, I just uh, there was no uh, I was not missing out on anything. I felt. Um, and like the, the stuff from N64 when I was not in, so much into console gaming, um, I think I would have felt like I missed out on the zeitgeist if it had been possible for me to get back into them. Uh, but I, I feel like 3D games got good with the GameCube basically in the PlayStation 2. And like the, there was something like I played Time Splitters 2 before I ever even saw Perfect Dark, or I saw like pictures like stills of Perfect Dark. I had never played Perfect Dark. I had never seen it in movement. And my first experience with Perfect Dark was, uh, you know, someone threw it like in, in the dorm room through the, 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 the split screen multiplayer, uh, under small TV, uh, incredibly dark picture and <laughs> incredibly bad frame rate. And also controls that I was not used to anymore. I had played Goldeneye. I hadn't, I hadn't played mm. Goldeneye in a while though. And so I was just like, holy shit, how do I do to not just be staring at my feet? And, uh, it was like the most miserable experience. And it just like basically convinced me, like, there's no going back to this. I can't. <laughs> I just can't. I don't want to. And so, yeah, like I, I, and the, with the the GameCube era, like the people, maybe like if you're more recently into Nintendo or more recently into video games, uh, like people don't know what it was like. And it started in the N64, but it continued in the GameCube. Like this uh, stream of, well, was it a stream of games? It was more like a a little creek. Like a a little a trickle. A drizzle, a dr- it was trickle. A, it was it was a drought of games. Yeah, often, often, like the last two years of the GameCube had uh, Chibi Robo, so I was part of the Chibi Robo zeitgeist. But uh, oh my god, yeah, that's the only game that was on there. Um, I can't even come up with the fun. So it was for possible that. to follow all the zeitgeists, basically. You know, like it was. Uh, you could keep up with Nintendo, basically. It was easy. And then but, that, that started changing with the Wii. Yeah, like if you wanted to, to, but like it, it, you know, if you were a GameCube only person, you were missing out on a lot of stuff. That was that was like you missed the whole GTA three era. Yeah, uh, and, you, but you, I feel like that's not some that that's kind of like a Nintendo sixty four game for me. Like I'm like, I, I I feel like I'm not really missing out on not having played it. But, but I, I have played a, a whole ton of open world games. I know its impact. It's just I don't think it, I could go back to. No, three. I don't. I don't think you could go back to. But I think I think in the moment, being part oh, of yeah. the conver- conversation, that part of the zeitgeist. You, if you were a GameCube only gamer, you definitely missed out on that a lot for a lot of different games. You had to convince yeah, but, yourself but, that tr- True Crime Streets of L.A. was good. <laughs> yeah, not. but but I was in a weird bubble then. Like the 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 whole like I was on the internet, but I don't think I realized the how big GTA 3 was. Like, I remember my brother who was, uh, who had moved to London at that point. Like, I, I went to visit him and he was like, hey, I've got a PlayStation 2 and GTA 3. And I kind of looked at him blankly, like, okay, you oh, wow. have one? Because he's not, you know, he, he was never into video games, but, but also like, okay. And you're telling me because this is a big deal, but yeah. I, I'm not, I, I, I think I'm, I was less aware of how much of a big deal it was than 
he was, even though I, I was super into video games and he was not. It was certainly a big deal. He was certainly a big deal over here. That's for sure. Was oh, yeah. I knew loads yeah. of people was... that you wouldn't think of as like being super video game enthusiasts that had that game, but it never really desperately appealed to me. Yeah, yeah well, it, that's the it thing. Was... It was easy to ignore the stuff that I knew I was not into. Well, I feel like yeah, it it appealed to a really broad audience and. For lack of a better way to say it, if you were like a kind of hardcore video game nerd, it probably flew right by you. Yeah. Oh, totally. Right. Because it, it, it was because I. I mean, I, my my experience with Grand Theft Auto Three was that I remember. I don't even think I actually. I had a PlayStation Two, but I don't even think I had GTA Three at that time. And I remember going to work, and there was a PS Two in just kind of off in like a little cubby hole because this was back in the tech boom where like you know every single friggin' Every single tech office had like, you know, fucking video games and free Coca-Cola machine and all that kind of stuff, right? So, of course, we had like this little room with just, just off the kitchen with a PlayStation 2 in it. And I remember one night I was going home as, and I had to walk by this room on my way out of the office and there's a crowd around the television. And I'm like, what the heck's going on in here? And it was somebody playing GTA 3 and it had like, attracted this crowd and they're like wow look at this look at all the stuff you can do and i'm like that's friggin' wild so it was a really <laughs> big deal and it really attracted like a a broad mainstream audience to it so it was, it was weird like this sort of like audience completely outside of normal video game dumb yeah it was it mm-hmm. was it, it sort of tickled me i found it found it like quite curious you know, because of course because they were you know uh british developers like the g the the, the earlier grand theft auto games that were top down got a lot of coverage right. so i never played them but i was very aware of them and then it became the biggest thing in the world like it's like this 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 a sequel to like those top down British games is like the biggest thing in the world. Like what is going on? I had played in the PC the demos for the first one or the second one, and so yeah, it completely like I some yeah. When my brother told me I have GTA three, I, I was like, I don't know what that means. I, I you know, but it was already like so huge, and I, I just managed to the- to completely ignore it. Yeah, I mean, it, it had gotten to a place where you could just say the acronym, and that was it. Like people knew what you were talking about, right? Um, well, I knew, like I knew, and I didn't know. Like I, I, I never bothered to look up GTA Three. So I and sure. also, but but again, like I say, like I wasn't a bubble, not just because I was playing on Nintendo, but also in 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 the dorm, I didn't have TV. I didn't have, so sure. I, I wasn't being I advertised I wonder, to. I wonder if it as big was it as big in Canada as it would have been in America and the UK, you know, because it's obviously it panders relentlessly to American interests, you know, and is essentially sure. sort of pastiche of American media. But then it was also developed by British people, and therefore, you know, got a lot of coverage in the British gaming media. So, like the US and UK markets are kind of, you know, you'd inevitably expect it to be ridiculously big here, but maybe it was easier to ignore in Canada. I, I, I wouldn't say, I, I, I wouldn't know. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just, I didn't even know that many people who had a PlayStation 2, to be honest. Like, in the dorms, like, it was mostly, uh, yeah, maybe a GameCube, but mostly Xbox with Halo. That was the big thing. But the, am I too far ahead mm. now? I I don't even know what the timeline is anymore. 
Uh, anyway, like no, I, well, I, I Halo, Halo anyway. and GTA Three were both O one. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. So yeah. so yeah. So yeah. so GTA Three. Uh, n- yeah, not so much, not so popular in the dorm. Or I, I did have like there was one guy who had a PlayStation Two, but I actually got in into a fight with him, uh, and we we didn't speak. Uh, so that that was a really awkward uh end of semester for me. But also, yeah, I had no access to a PlayStation, and I would not have played <laughs> GTA Three <laughs> with that guy for sure. Anyway, I, I I need to go, but uh, you yeah, guys sure. can keep talking. Yeah, Guillaume's got to jump, but uh, Guillaume, thank you for joining us this week. Sure. And uh, we will uh, catch uh, up. Always great to be part of the Zeitgeist. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. We're on the bleeding edge of it every single week. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. All <laughs> right, we'll catch up with you next week, Guillaume. Sure. Take care. All right. Later. I think that'll pretty much do it for that email. The only thing I might think about is what is the like a game that you got in on the zeitgeist ahead of time but we can talk about that some other time oh um, uh, you were you were you were you were so cool that you were that you know you were in on it before it was cool so uh, i mean I there's a really good example of that which is yakuza zero if you played yakuza <laughs> before yakuza zero people who are freaking out like where did this game come from you're like listen I- i've been here already. I would throw Monster Hunter in there potentially. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, oh, that's definitely. what I was thinking um, of. Yeah. I mean, I was playing that back on the PSP way back in the day. Couldn't make heads or tails of it, but um, but now it's just funny because I look back and like I'm the one who's sitting here saying, "Oh yeah, remember back in those old games when, uh, you know, when you couldn't." even figure out what you could uh, collect in terms of like herbs and stuff like that. Whereas now in monster hunter rise, it's all written up for you. It's just all written up for you. Or like I I laugh every time I see the icon come up for when the monster is weak and trappable because like that just, that was one of those things where you had to know the signs for each monster for the longest time for several monster hunter games. It never gave you an icon showing when the monster was trappable. Oh, oh, also, those games were on the PSP with god-awful controls. Yeah, like, I mean, there was the joke around the the Monster Hunter claw. The yeah, way right. that you had to hold your PSP to try to manipulate everything properly. It's really funny. Yeah, like, the, those, but there were people who were hard, especially in Japan, who were hardcore into that thing before oh, yeah. it, it, it broke big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's images of a bunch of Japanese high school kids around the the special size of fries that McDonald's made in Japan just for this kind of group group of kids where it's like ten boxes of fries as one order. Yeah, just just heaped up playing PSP until the battery died, which probably didn't take very long. Yep. <laughs> um, I was I, yeah. actually I was also playing Fortnite. Before it became Fortnite, b- b- before it became a battle it, royale, yeah. When, but like when it was just like you know a mediocre building game that nobody could really understand what it was about. We, we've made a build a shooter and put building in it, and everybody was like, "But why?" Yeah, I mean, really, it was just a. I mean, it was just a, like a horde mode game, and everybody's yeah, and, like, and, "Okay, this isn't terrible, but like, who cares?" Like it, they, it was two great tastes that taste confusing together. Yeah, and. Uh, the response to that game was largely like, okay, why is there a building mode in this shooter? Yeah. And it was then, just weird. Then, it was one of those like games where you kind of play it and you're like, this isn't, uh, this isn't really bad, but I mean, but what are they trying to do here and why does this exist? And, and now fucking Thanos is in there with Diplo and whatever other shit's been added to that <laughs> I game. Know. I know. It's, 
it's it was the biggest thing in the fucking world for a minute. That same thing yeah. happened though with with the first battle royales, that first wave of them. Um, yeah, like PUBG. Yeah, like PUBG was originally a mod for Arma. I think was it Arma? It was one of those like really really niche first person shooters, mm-hmm. a- and like the player unknown is the person who made it, and then PUBG was effectively like a standalone product that is the game. Yeah. Uh, and that had its people when people were there before that had its moment and then you know it hit zeitgeist like i think i think yakuza zero's moment because it it was finally on a platform with social media shares baked in um like that game is is better than the games that came before it in terms of like being professional <laughs> but it largely it was a function of the publisher knew what they had Versus like Yakuza Four, where they're like, "Fuck this thing!" With like this, this Japanese ass and three, this Japanese ass Japanese game. We spent a whole bunch of money calling it Japan's uh, GTA Three for one and two. We we hired Mark Hamill and an all star cast to do voice for it, and made it really expensive, not realizing that the game really only appears to appeals to people who don't care if it's got Japanese voice acting. Uh, they changed a bunch of characters' names because they thought they sounded too similar and would confuse Westerners. Like, that's what that game was. And then 3, they basically just released as is, and 4, the same. But then with Shared Feature and a publisher who was like, you know, this game's really silly. We should play that up on social media. Like, that game exploded. But if you've been playing it before, you're like, I've been saying this for years. It's right there. Come on. Um. Yeah, that's that's kind of a weird. Like you can, it's it's easy to when you say miss the zeitgeist, you assume come later. But I guess it is possible to miss it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, miss it, miss it before. I mean, it, it's like it's like when you start listening to a band when they're right. in, when they're just like the indie band that makes a couple of cool albums, and then you sort of go away from them when they blow up. Right. To a certain degree, and like, and this isn't even necessarily like you go away from them. It's just like you're you're befuddled by where you're at now. Like yeah. you just you just look around and you're like, what what happened? Mm-hmm. Like what, where are we? Yeah, it's like what like don't it's like what like what what people what what is new to people or what right. they're raving about? You're like, but the, like this that was cool five years ago. I was on this show telling you people to play Yakuza Four. I yeah. was. Yeah, and the the shit in that I was describing shit in that game. That's the same shit that's in Zero, but nobody. I bet nobody was like James is probably on to something. Yeah. I should go play this game. Yeah, and it's well, I, well, it's like it's like with it's like with Uncharted. I remember being on this podcast talking about the original Uncharted. Yeah, saying that it had the best cutscenes, bar none, that I had seen in any game ever. Right, and I feel like now only with the the Last of Us are people like, wow, these cutscenes are absolutely amazing. I'm like, yeah, they've been amazing since like 2008 or whatever the original yeah, Journey came out. I don't know, maybe, maybe that was just a problem. The PS3 slow start, maybe. I think yeah. probably. I, yeah. I feel probably. Like if the yeah. PS3 hadn't come out and bought so many things and been kind of struggling because like they didn't do the multi-platform stuff as well, 
Uh, you know, the Xbox developers, you know, were kind of getting to grips with that and all that. He kind of had this lousy reputation and it was too expensive mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And just, you know, I think some of those early exclusives, which of course didn't have the same problems that the multi-platform stuff had, uh, got like relatively overlooked. Yeah. Y- y- I yeah. mean, but, but, but I, I mean, I look at, at The Last of Us and I feel like those games are, are good, but I don't really see. I've played Uncharted all the way from 2007, so it's like to me, it's like it's not some super impressive, right? Evolution. It's like yeah, like you can see how that gameplay style really hasn't it's, changed much. It's on. It's on. It's on a continuum. Yes, but 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 you're right. Like we've known now for a long time that Naughty Dog can make a good cutscene. You know, absolutely. We had we had, we had the the Last of Us. All the, the iterations of that we had the three Uncharted games, even even some of the earlier stuff like Jack and Daxter, um, even some of the Crash stuff, Way of the Warrior, good video <laughs> content, mm-hmm. only good video yeah, content. That, that, here. Yeah, that's, we real naughty dog aficionado, you know, you got to be in on the ground floor, which is that that's right. very much the ground floor. The way of the if world. you didn't main Shaky Jake, are you really a fan? <laughs> Oh my god! Useful in so many situations. He well, he's got a big, he's got a large staff. It's kind of unfair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's uh, missing. Missing the zeitgeist ahead is like weirdly frustrating in a way because, like, because especially in our position when you're on this show and you're screaming like, "Play this fucking game!" Yeah. And and people just don't. And then it comes up. People like, "Can you can you believe this game?" And I'm like, "Yeah, fucker." Here's me talking about it three years ago. Yeah. Like, there's a real chance. There's a real chance. Like, Guillaume, Guillaume has this joke, and I've, I've co-opted it, about, like, people play Ghost People talk about Ghost Trick because they just want their friends to play Ghost Trick, and the curse of playing Ghost Trick is all you're going to be able to do is tell people to play Ghost Trick. There's a chance this re-release of Ghost Trick gives it the release it deserved, because it didn't really come out with much of an explosion. Well, yeah, it, was a, it was a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I don't, maybe it's just impossible for it to get that much like mainstream traction or something. I don't know. I'm, right. I'm, I'm far too out of touch. Uh, yeah, when earlier on when I said we were, you know, totally on the bleeding edge all the time, that was sarcasm. I'm not actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm well, very, very severely out of touch all the time, so I, I could be wrong naturally, but uh, it doesn't seem like it, it's going to be the easiest pathway to get any kind of mainstream recognition. But on DS, you know, I feel like it it could have done better than it did from the point of view that you think of stuff like Layton got like right. a certain amount of traction that is not. Like obvious, you know what I mean. Like your logic puzzles in the context. It was a lot earlier, though. Well, that's what was exactly what I was coming to. You have a recipe like that, which hitherto was not something that you'd expect to be a very successful formula, especially outside of Japan. But the DS changed a lot of things about you know the sorts of games that people were playing on dedicated gaming hardware, and you know gave things a chance. And Ghost Trick kind of missed out on that moment in time. It was the later part of the DS where you know for whatever reasons you would point to in terms of the piracy or the smart devices coming in and stuff like it just wasn't burning as hot anymore and stuff that you know the the stuff that kept like being relevant on ds later into its life was more traditional enthusiast gamer type stuff 
Right. And like, the thing that- about Ghost Trick is it does kind of you know, appeal to people like that, obviously, because you know, it'll appeal to people who know Ace Attorney for a start. Oh yeah. But it could I think theoretically have appealed to more people than that, but by the time, and obviously the DS as a general matter was the sort of platform for that, but not at that stage. It was just, what was it, 2011? Yeah. In, in the US like anyway. I mean, I guess it came earlier in Japan. You know, the DS obviously was, was, you know, on, more than on its way out by then you know the, right. the 3ds was it so you know it, it's just yeah it's kind of a shame in that says i don't know what the prospects are for kind of recapturing that but yeah oh, it, no. it, 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 the but it, there's always going to be stuff like that isn't there Where, especially i mean even more so like now with games how long they take to develop you know you see a trend maybe you know all these sorts of things are selling now and then by the time you actually bring it to market it's like the ship sailed you know it's uh that, that happens you know you inspired me of another one it an almost identical boat um that's not really a boat and i won't get in any more detail of 999 mm. uh, uh, which came out super late in incredibly limited quantity um and you could only get it physically and i think like game stops were getting like two of them total <laughs> I got my store's copy. Let's put it that way. Got it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so that, like that game, people who played it, and, and that includes me on this show, were like, "This game is amazing. You need to play it." And it wasn't really until the sequel came out on 3DS, which is a very similar game and is a sequel that it that it a sequel to a game that stridently didn't want to have a sequel, which is really funny. <laughs> uh. Um, that that series caught fire, and then we got a re-release of Nine Nine Nine. People played that, and then we got the third game, and people were like, "Gross! This is this is awful. What did you do?" <laughs> uh, but but like, again, I that, think the fact that the sequel was early on, relatively with 3DS, like it was. Oh, yeah. We talk about this a lot, you know, just in that kind of window where things have an opportunity to get traction with people that might not be in their kind of established diet of, of things that they play. Uh, you know, you get you have a, a window of opportunity there early on, which yeah, like Ghost Trick did not fall in for DS and, and yeah, nine 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 either. Players can miss a game zeitgeist, but a game can miss a system zeitgeist. Yeah, or 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 a market trend zeitgeist. Yeah, one hundred percent for sure. No, it's the yeah, the whole Yamuchi three year rule. I mean, obviously, it's kind of very simplistic, and you know, <laughs> there's oh, loads yeah. of yeah. things that go against it and all that. But there's plenty of times where it's like, yeah, you know, like if you wanted to be your know, kind of a certain kind of hit on DS, it needed to be in that first three years. Otherwise, you 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 what I think in terms of the content and the yeah you know, the quality of the game had the capacity to to kind of break out a bit. Um, but you, if you were outside of that three-year window, it, it almost certainly wasn't going to happen for you. Yeah, I think a game too can. I think it can be. I think its zeitgeist can be, um, almost eliminated by another game's zeitgeist, depending on when it's yeah, released. Yeah, you kind oh, of take all the, the oxygen. Well, yeah, I, I think of yeah. I think of Titanfall two. Oh, Titan, Titanfall two released a week before Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And it's such a good fucking game. And it's such a good fucking game, but it didn't matter because 
people only talked about Infinite Warfare and nobody it's, played Titanfall 2. And, and you know what? It's another game where on this show and whenever I meet people who talk about shooters, I scream at them to play. Basically, if you make me look like a lunatic screaming that you need to be played, this is probably a zeitgeist game. It's, yeah. Or a lost, we'll call it like a missing zeitgeist yeah, game. It's like, it's like, yeah, the, the lost zeitgeist. The lost zeitgeist. I oh, like that a lot it. because that yeah. was Titanfall 2 to a T. No, they, they, where does Geist fit into all this? Uh, yeah. It got exactly what it deserved. <laughs> exactly. It, it got it got better than it deserved. I was, you know, when Guillaume was talking about a chibi robo was the only thing around on GameCube late on. I mean, I feel like you know, guys got he, got a short change there. He was, well, he wasn't on that. He wasn't on that retro. That's true. It was, no, it was good. Good retroactive. It was, it was, it was great. About. It's that's the best thing that came out of that game. Is that retroactive? <laughs> <laughs> that game is piece of garbage. I was not uh, that bad. I, 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 it, it's, it's, got, it's like it's got some ghost trick in there. That whole idea it, it of does, possessing does, objects and, and, and making them do things it, like you know, it's it's the it's the wrapping that makes that game not feel good. It, like the it's got good ideas and then it's just like, but the old it's it's one of those we, we talked about. So we're talking about review scores. How there's a million sixes and sevens and it can mean anything. It's the six and seven range of like, there's some good ideas here, and they are constantly being let down by the game itself. And all the kind but, of identity crisis element of it, as I recall, obviously, been a long time since I played it uh, before yeah. that retroactive, but you know, it, just the feel of like, well, you know, it kind of wants to be a shooter at times, and it's like, it kind of wants to be like a almost like a you know, spiritual matrix game of like, oh, well, you're possessing people, you know, the way right. that like Ma- Agent Smith can possess people and you, you know, then it's a sh- and you shoot a, you know, just play a, a sort of orthodox shooter. But then at other times it's like, no, no, it's more like an adventure game, you know, like, like a ghost trick or something, you know, like, or like, fuck it, I don't know, Zach and Wiki, where it's like, oh, no, 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 you're going to like do solve puzzles by fucking around with objects. And it didn't really kind of, I think it would have been, more to my taste, it would have been more interesting if it fully dedicated itself to being that kind of puzzle game rather than try to be a bit me too shooterish. But you know, I guess because the GameCube lacked for that, yeah, it, it, right. maybe they felt like that was a niche that they it, you know, it was more than a niche on other consoles uh, that it could try and fill. But it wasn't the I, you know I don't think it was the right game to try and do that. No. Um, do we want to do another email? Well, I, 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 John, I don't think we've even really asked John, John if he's got something John, to talk you, about. Uh, sure. business. John, do you do you have new business? Um, I could talk about. I did pick up uh, Theatre Rhythm uh, Final Bar Line. Okay, but so I'll, eh, I'll, I'll let eh. I'll let you pick. Do you want to talk about that this week or or next week? Let's talk and, about it next week. Okay, and then let's do this other email because I think it's pretty quick and it's goofy, and we haven't done a goofy email in a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll read it. Andrew writes, Dear RFN crew, my homie rollers. Well, playing Fire Emblem Engage, I had an idea. For far too long, Fire Emblem has been invaded by Smash... Wait. For far too long, Fire Emblem has invaded Smash Brothers. And I think it's time Smash took a shot back. I need to know which Smash character should invade fire emblem as a new emblem for the game they would need to they would need some traits like a super move like if kirby could inhale an enemy unit and get their stats please let us know who you would pick and what 
they would do. Thanks for all the effort in keeping me entertained at work. So now, now you know you could just randomly generate your entertainment. So <laughs> procedurally generated entertainment. I mean, that's also a potential name for the episode. Yes. Um, but I already procedurally generated the TSI image, so I can't do that joke again. Um. So, so do we, Kirby, do we wanna, Kirby can, might be. I don't know. Probably, I guess if if you made Kirby like essentially tantamount to an easy mode, where it's like, yeah, if you if you get recruit Kirby to your party, he's just gonna like completely destroy the opposition. Yeah, and, so, and so, leave nothing in his wake. Like then I'd be okay with it. Let, let let me give kind of a rundown of how the 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 emblems work. Um, so basically, you you give it a, an emblem to one of your characters, and during the majority of the time, it doesn't really do anything. I think it might give you a stat. It, it does give you a stat boost, but that's it. Um, but you can occasionally it there's a there's a gauge that fills up. It starts full. Um that you can pop that you merge with the emblem and so it, your character almost like um Tokyo Mirage Sessions takes on like an armor that resem- that has like it doesn't resemble the armor of that character that they engage with it has elements that invoke it hmm. uh, it almost looks more like VR soldier shit from like a 90s movie a lot of times but like big big like LED visors and stuff but it it invokes the image of that character it's inspired uh, by <laughs> right exactly um you get you then get weapons based on the weapons that that character used in their game so like you might be you might have a person who can't use swords but they're they're engaged with Ike and Ike obviously has a sword he has an axe and so you as a consequence get these special swords and axes that that character use they have special powers and you can just attack with them or you can continue to attack with your normal weapons it might also give you the some other skills like the ability to move further on a turn or the ability to move after attacking you know things that that character that kind of speak to who that character is that you pick up as a consequence and then they have one special move and so for example Soren has a special move where he unleashes a magic blast that damages everybody around him. Um, who is it that has it? Um, Lynn. She has a special move where she can launch an archery attack against anybody, pretty, pretty much anyone on the map. So you can basically use that to siege enemies that have super long range that damage you as you're coming up on them. You could just belt them from a distance. Uh, that kind of stuff. There are ones that uh, Corrin turns into his dragon form, or her dragon form, I think it's female Corrin, and like attacks a bunch of enemies and then does the uh, effect on the ground. Because remember, the dragons in that game could affect the ground. Uh, that It's that kind of stuff. So we'd come up with a character who can do that. We could pick anybody from um, Fire Emblem, oh, Fire Emblem, Jesus, anybody from Smash, except for the Fire Emblem characters, I assume. Yeah. So it'd be really easy. I think, easy I to think just we need go. to delve a little bit into a particular stretch of Smash history and go with uh, Fox from like Brawl, where you oh. have the, la- the Landmaster and <laughs> just roll, the, ta- roll oh, I- the tank all over everyone on the battlefield. <laughs> 
That's what I you thought mean. you were going to go with Fox in Melee and he just vibrates. No, yeah, no wave dash stuff. No, not quite that far back. In. But, you know, like basically they got rid of that final smash because it just pissed everyone off. I think it's just, it takes too long. You could just like fly people off rather than just shoot them. Oh, yeah. You could like hover like out of there and stuff. So, yeah, it, it, it had to go. They, this whole thing, like the final smashes in Ultimate ended up like they tried to harmonize them a bit more and like make them snappier. Uh, this was right. one of the ones very much at the forefront of why they did that. <laughs> so, I think, mate, well, if it can't, if the you know, if the spirit of the landmaster can't continue in Smash, maybe we can dump it in Fire Emblem. <laughs> so there's a, you know, I was originally going to come in here and make a joke about the Fire Emblem characters, but now that I'm looking at them, there's a lot of opportunity here. There's a lot of great opportunity. Um, Hero is obviously a really easy one. Because he's already a sword user, so that gives you the weapon. Uh, in fact, Hero uses multiple weapons. That gives you, like... Because you can get up to, like, three weapons from an engagement. And, of course, Hero can also do magic. You can't control the magic as such, but he can control... He yeah, can do magic. A, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, he'd be a high kind of chaos block uh, right. element to, and, to his, and, you know, what, what his actual actions do. And you get you get one special per engagement, and then... After the engage turns run out and you re- and you refill the meter, you can engage again and do that special again. But you only get one shot at it, and if you don't use it before the turns run out, you just lose it. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, Sephiroth kind of falls in that category of like, well, the special would obviously be meteor. That's easy. Um, but I don't know that you'd want like because the that the other thing is the engage character has really pointless conversations with you that don't actually give you anything, but whatever. Um, so I think I, God, I really want to pick Kazuya because he's just going to tell you to fall on a volcano to see if you're a demon. But um, I think I think the answer is I want to go with Piranha Plant. I want to merge with Piranha Plant. I want a Piranha Plant emblem. I want to know. I want to be able to to launch vines at my enemy. I mean, Corn lets you lets a character turn into a dragon. Why can't I turn into a uh, carnivorous plant? I want to be able to spit fireballs as one of my skills, which is already a spell in the game. It's just people can't. Only a handful of people can use it. Now anybody can throw fire, or can shoot thorns, or can um, bind a character to us to a place so they can't move. And of course, the special attack is um, you. Uh, warp pipe appears next to that character you come out and then chomp them and then the warp pipe disappears and you're standing there where where it had popped up which is actually not that far from a special move that I think it's Leaf has where he can just jump to anywhere on the map and does an attack when he gets there like it, it works pretty well and also I, I talked about how the uh the uh, supports with all the the emblems suck because they're all like two lines and it'll be like Alcris going I'm not sure I'm good enough and then um, saying this to Hector of all people and Hector going no you're great and that's the end of the scene end of the scene it's awful they'd better off just not have not putting them in there because they're garbage but what if it was Piranha Plant and Alcris going I don't think I'm good enough and then Piranha Plant just fucking bites him Granted, they don't, they're, they're ethereal. They don't have any physical form, but he does chomp at him. And Alcris just goes, ah! Like, to me, that would have been the best scene in the game. Bar none. Best, best scene in the game. 
So I'm, I'm going to go with Piranha Plant, and I'm going to let y'all go because I've got another one that I'd like to do, but I don't want to steal anybody's. I mean, I don't really know too much about like what framework I'm putting them into because I've never played Fire Emblem Engage. Sure. Just just imagine what weapons would this character give someone in a fi- in a Fire Emblem context, mm-hmm. and like what's a special attack they could do that you it's so powerful you'd only let them do it once. <laughs> I mean, I always play Yoshi, so being able to turn somebody into an egg would be pretty funny. I, like I it. think um, that would that would be good. Or you could just drop a giant egg on them and do a bunch of yeah, damage. Yeah, and I guess the super attack would be turning into an egg and just rolling around all over the battlefield. Fuck, that's not bad. Well, you know, you could, <laughs> we, we could also because they had the, obviously this was another final smash that got changed because like the current Yoshi final smash is a reference to the melee cinema with like the, the Yoshi stampede. stampede. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, the the brawl one was the the super dragon as they called it, where he gets the the, the wings and just breathes fire. It's kind of like. It's if it's Super Mario World if you had all the abilities of the different shells. So he's got the wings of the blue shell, he's got the fire breath of the red shell so combined. Um but like yeah, so you could become essentially an aerial unit at that point, uh if you use that final smash and cast fire magic. So yeah, that that would be pretty good. But they they need to have like an environmental feature. So like if you're on a bridge or something and you do the egg layers Yoshi, like they go off the edge of the bridge and die instantly really cheaply. Not that I've ever, you know, used cheap tactics as no, Yoshi. Never. <laughs> no, never myself, happens. But it's, I've seen it done, certainly. Alright, Greg, do you, do you have one? Yeah, I, I've kind of, I've tried to make a case for Min Min here just to like keep her alive. So that was the other one that I was thinking of. I'm just kind of thinking like Min Min is gonna, might end up as like such a relic of, of, of that day, you know what I mean? Like all the stuff that's in Smash Ultimate and you know, it's not all timeless I or anything. I forgot Min Min was there until I was looking at the character list just now and I, I mained her for like a month. Yeah, it, it, you just kind of feel like, you know, with all the, cause a lot of the a lot of the DLC characters were not necessarily that current. I mean, some of them were Byleth, obviously. Right. Uh, yeah, speaking of Fire Emblem invading Smash Brothers, uh, but you know, a lot of it is like you know, Sephiroth, uh, your Banjo, you know, right. the Dragon Quest hero. Like a lot of his like historically important kind of things rather than current things. But yeah, I mean, and you know, there were some obviously. You know, like you know, the Joker from Persona Five, and uh, and Min Min, um, but well, yeah. I mean, speak, speak oh, historical fucking Terry Bogart. Yes, I mean that's exactly just like all the SNK history that came with him as well. Like right. so, like there was a lot. So, but like, where is I don't know. Like a Joker might be specific to Persona Five, but it's like Persona's not going anywhere. I'm sure you know, like that series is going to continue. People are going to remember Persona Five. You know, like arms. You do kind of wonder whether you know years from now when people look at the massive roster of Smash Ultimate and they're like, who is that? Like. <laughs> <laughs> like when they look at Mimmin, so I'm trying to sort of make a case of like how you could keep Mimmin alive. I guess the biggest thing would be like good attack range. Uh, you know, you could have the flurry rush thing, you know, the super move kind of thing, uh, uh to do extra damage and stuff. The different elemental so that- arms, like, you know, you've got like yep. the electric one, the fire one, that kind of stuff, you know, so you, t- you definitely work it into the game's magic spells and the elemental things attached. 
So there are there are like weapons that shoot magic at a distance. So her arm could do that. And it does different damage up close versus at a distance. Where up close it does physical and magic. At a distance it just does magic. So that could be like the arms. Um there the the merge with I think it's the merge with Corrin. You get the big stretchy arms anyway. So like the that the pieces are there for her. Merge with Werehog, you get the big stretchy arms. There you go. I'm just trying to figure out what the the special for her would be. It's got to involve noodles. Like I f- I feel <laughs> like we her character can't be in there if there's not noodle in, in, noodle inclusion. Um, I just don't know what what how you would construct noodles as her. Special. I don't know. Maybe it's like if there's a body of water around, like it raises the temperature <laughs> to cook the there noodles, you go. and it somehow has an environmental effect that hurts any nearby enemies or something. Anyone standing in the water gets hurt. Uh, there, well, actually, there is kind of a mission like that. So, yeah, you're not far off. Uh, the other one that I was thinking about, uh, purely from the standpoint of, I'm a, well, there's two here. And there's one that's it's just great all around. And there's one that it's very specifically great with Anna, which is the only character in this game I like. Because, like I said, she's like a twelve-year-old gremlin who her only thought is get-rich-quick schemes, and that's no, it's, 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 it's like a Ferengi, basically. <laughs> yeah, but like she she owns it. Like there's a, there's an extended sequence of her trying to convince somebody to buy fruit, and she's just straight up lying about its medicinal properties, and he knows she's lying, and she he she calls her out on it, and she doesn't care. It's just like, well, I'm just trying to make a sale. It's like fuck it. I love her. She's great. Protect her at all costs. Um, that of pairing her with someone like Isabel, with with a potential Tom Nook inclusion, is really fucking t- tantalizing. Because the supports of her and Isabel talking were Isabel at at her, just like describe uh, comparing her to Tom Nook is really promising and has lots of like um. It has big project cross zone energy. <laughs> of of speaking of Kazuya, of the Mishimas talking to uh Phoenix about, hey, I might have some work for you after we get out of this situation. And uh Maya being excited and him going, No, I don't want to take this case. Please don't make me take this case. Um that comes into play, but I think the character that has the maximum opportunity for one weapons, two a special, and three punching up that really boring dialogue between the characters and the emblems, specifically a lot of our male characters, is Bayonetta. Solid. Oh, Bayonetta! I thought it was going to go Solid Snake because I mean, come on, like, Solid Snake is also there the too. Codec, yeah, that's a pretty good one. Codec conversation expert, you know, he's always got uh, <laughs> a lot to say, uh, a lot to learn about uh. the, the, with the various characters telling him about like movie history or whatever Kojima wants us to know about. Uh, and then, snake, oh, like, did you the know guy could just snake- call in a fucking airstrike I mean, come on. Why, why do they why do they call him the fell dragon well snake he can turn into a dragon what <laughs> he's always so <laughs> incredulous <laughs> what do you mean he can turn into a dra- what's a dragon it's snake a dragon from mythology it's a large reptilian creature that breathes i know what a dragon is <laughs> Don't, don't, what don't do you mean you, he can turn into you, a dragon? You're telling me that wouldn't be an improvement on the support conversations as you Oh, it would be uh, fantastic. Exactly. But I, 
I'm just I'm just trying to think of like the male characters in this game trying to keep their shit together as Bayonetta tries to break them. It's which is just like, oh my god. Like poor out Al- like so Alcrest is this is a prince. He's a second prince, and he is just has no self-confidence, and his brother is like the 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 meme Giga Chad character. Um uh, he, like th- this is this is this is how bad it is. He's an archer. His brother is an axe and swordsman, and their 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 final support, their grade A support, is Alchrist finally gets the nerve to challenge his brother to an archery contest. Alchrist is a trained archer. That's his only job, and he still loses. And his brother goes, "You've really improved." It's like motherfucker. He's this is you just beat his ass at his own job, and that's his his like big reveal for his growth moment it's like god damn but him talking to bayonetta would be the funniest shit in the world because he would have nothing to say he would be terrified and bayas bayas great bayas got all kinds of weapons she's got guns she's got blades she's got demons she can summon she's got, in terms she's of, got rocket launchers named after yeah. robert duvall in apocalypse now there you go. Like in terms of what her special is, fuck it. I don't care. It could be anything because she could summon Madam Butterfly and just crush some poor dude oh, with yeah. her hair. Three, like they go really big on the kaiju stuff. Like, the, oh yeah. So yeah, just just. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, as we I think we've said before when we had the whole like you know who was the most powerful character or whatever like yeah if it's not Kirby then it's Bayonetta in terms of like right. yeah, if you have a Bayonetta it probably should be like the win button like okay yeah you've you've now put it's like in, in Bayonetta itself like they have like charms or accessories that if you use them like it makes the game easier but that means you can't grade out as well like, it should be right. like that. Like, it's like, okay, you use the bayonet or someone, then, you know, you, you, we, we, it has to be noted that you know, it was uh, it, it's a somewhat expedited process. If your character can canonically alter the flow of time, mm, you're kind yes. of overpowered. Especially That's if you can could be, reverse you get, you get, like, extra turns because which time gets activated. Yeah, like, shit like that. Now... I mean, the thing is, there's so many options. Like, Wario is an appealing option. <laughs> Wario and Anna is it are two money-seeking gremlins together. It would be really good. I mean, because this is the woman who convinced other members of the army to make things for her so she could sell them. She did not really talk about cutting them in on the profit. Like, there's big Wario energy to be had yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's pretty much the the um, the plot of, like, WarioWare Gold, isn't it? Yeah, because he didn't cut them in, and they're like, "Wait, a minute, wait a minute!" But I, you know, I I think support conversations with DK could be fun. Like, <laughs> like, like there's some there's some possibility there. Um, I think Daisy being another princess just hanging around in a game that already has like eight princesses in it. Um, could create some interesting jealousies. Nobody's ever jealous. Like nobody ever says. So Soren is a DLC character, a DLC emblem in this game, and he's interesting because he's the only emblem who's not positive one hundred percent of the time at all times. He's the only character who has something approaching a realistic reaction of "Nah, y'all's plan is stupid. We're all gonna die." And it's like, yeah, he's right. Their plan is stupid. It's a very stupid plan. Ah. Like more, I need more of that. I need more, more like jaded narcissism or or cynicism or any kind of like negative react. Like I don't need Ryu because he's just gonna be like, 
We get to fight a large dragon. That sounds exciting to me. Let's go fight this dragon. I need, I need like, I've had a bad time. Things are broken down for me. Screw it. Let's go. And like, maybe, maybe villagers stone facing all the support conversations and never saying something would be really fun. Characters just talk to him and he just stares back blankly. But no, I think I think my initial reaction to go with the piranha plant really feeds the chaos <laughs> that this needs. <laughs> Anybody but Soro is is good, but uh, I mean Terry would be pretty good too. He just screams at people the whole time. Uh, what are your weapons? I punch people. Well, so yeah, you you'd have to have the thing that you have in Smash where his attacks hit harder when he's got quite a lot of damage. Like you know, you, you could work oh, that yeah. in, couldn't you? There there are stats that you know characters have individual bonuses. There are bonuses that I think that's one of them as you do more damage at high, at higher or at lower HP. Yeah, if you've less health remaining in You you could also do the the like awkward supports of Bayonetta with Pyromithra where if it, like in some supports it's Mithra and some supports it's Pyra and you get <laughs> they they do they do do that with the DLC characters and with um Erica because Erica's brother whose name I'm blanking on shares her engage ring so like you can flip between them uh, but in the supports with uh, the three houses idiots um you get it's you get all three of them so your supports might be with any one of the three of them um where they might have some stupid thought to give you. So, like, I've gotten a lot of ones with um, one of the princes. A lot of his are with Dimitri, which makes sense because they both have very similar character arcs. And so Dimitri is giving him advice. My immediate thought is, you really shouldn't be giving advice. You didn't handle it very well, but okay. You do you, my man. It is weird that it's them as teenagers, though, and their support, not them as adults. But, you know, <laughs> what can I say? I, I... I I, I I do want Min Min. I want I will, for the same reason. I want to save Min Min. Yeah, because you just kind of think, yeah. <laughs> they, they that character come back. design is so good too. It just it's oh. just it, it, uh, we talked about it earlier on that kind of early hardware window. That, you know that, that you try things because people will actually be receptive and right. arms very much fell into that and seemed like it did fine for for what they wanted yeah, it to it do, fine. but not not like. You know, the original Splatoon, which was actually, like, late on shitty hardware in terms of commercially uh, shitty selling hardware on Wii U, where it's like, no, no, it's outperformed expectations and uh, any reasonable expectations you could have had so much. Like, this has to keep being a thing. Like, I don't think ARMS came particularly close to that, so it's hard to imagine that it will, like, you know, get brought back uh, very much other than in things like Smash, you know, where we're referencing you know, various corners of Nintendo history, and God knows or, where the next Smash will be. I mean, I, I just I can't see it for a very very I, long time. Basically, like, I mean, I think it, probably the the immediate future of like Smash products is probably putting out like you know a melee reissue or something. Like, I just can't see how you even begin to tackle like this the like starting from scratch when you've like. The, the, spent so long building what you know the the final form of smash ultimate like it's it's almost sold too many units for them to just go like ah you could just take it to the next system with you we're just going to keep smash ultimate going forever but also like 
what if they just charge? Like, how, how, like, what about the licensing agreements with a lot of this stuff? Like, what, oh yeah, how specific to the hardware or the number of years? I mean, is it how extensible is any of that stuff? Like, I have yeah. no idea. It probably wasn't all that easy with certain ones, especially Sora. Like, <laughs> I think it's the reason why it was last. Oh yeah, yeah. And, like and, at one point, will they have to pull a character out of the game because the the license, license expires. expires yeah like it's, it, yeah. it's just yeah i don't know that's a the future of smash brothers seems which it has to have one it's sold 30 million copies yeah. but yeah. and it's been a nintendo franchise on you know through every generation of nintendo hardware you know since n64 but you know you, you just kind of feel like yeah it's kind of difficult to to see a pathway forward here yeah. so even even that route might not be all that open to a to a min min or similarly kind of obscure characters uh anytime that soon god well that's a that's a another email you could send us and john if they wanted to send us a question about what we think the future of smash brothers is where would they send that email i feel like there's a reason why you're asking me this you're expecting Uh, me to trip over my words or make some sort of mistake or no i'm I'm asking you this because i want because i last time it didn't go great and that was this, the first time it didn't go great in forever. I know. That's why I'm giving you a chance to make it go great. Because <laughs> I believe you will get it right this time. Uh, I do. All right. It, they, can, they can reach us via email. Uh-huh. At, <laughs> at RFN at NintendoWorldReport.com. That is, to repeat, RFN at NintendoWorldReport.com. Dot com, James. Thank you, John. I legitimately had no ulterior motive besides he's going to get it right this time. So I'm just going to ask because I busted his balls about it last time. So I'm going to I'm going to do it this time. You're going to get, we'll get right it. back on the horse, haven't you? Yeah, That's right. hey, ain't nothing. Later. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. You know. There you go. I had two weeks to stew on it. So. <laughs> also, retroactive. Hey. I don't have a date for it yet, but you should have probably already bought it. It's too late now. Well, uh, well it's, 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 I'm going to mention this in the closing music because it's relevant. I think it's March 27th, oh. I want to say. Oh, uh, you're right, not, right, right, right. So, yeah, we're not quite there yet, but it is very close at hand now that the uh, you know, the, the eShop uh, for Wii U and 3DS is going to be shuttered. Right. So if you want to buy all the various uh, DLC options for Fire Emblem... Um, Fates. Fates. Yeah. <laughs> With its weird third path, it's DLC only, and now with more incest, you can do that. Or you could buy Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker HD, which has not been ported to Switch yet, which feels like it should have been by now. But yeah, it hasn't. feels like it's probably a bit late. No, you know, with Tears of the Kingdom coming, yeah. like, you know, because we already had, um, you know, we've had a decent stream of Zelda content since the you know, uh, Breath of the Wild with the Link's Awakening oh, yeah. remake, with the Skyward Sword HD kind of remaster, and now, you know, obviously we're on the eve of Tears of the Kingdom, so, yeah, it just kind of feels like if it was going to happen, it probably should have happened somewhere in that sequence rather than afterwards but who knows you know if if right. there's to be a little bit of a protracted sequence of like yeah well the new hardware's coming but it's gonna take a while and we need to string some things out i guess it could still happen but the wind wake hc is certainly uh you know a nice version of the game uh to, to play um you know and, and then there is you know, the the for people who still have you know the disc and, and a gamecube or wii uh, to play it on they could go that way. Yep, they could play the original. 
But we are doing a retroactive for the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. I don't have a date. I don't have an episode. I've made a start. Um, but, you know, when I say that, I mean, I'm in the Forsaken Fortress. So. <laughs> yeah. So you could start on it now because I don't have a plan. But you, if you don't own it, you should, and you want to participate, which I hope you do, you should buy it. And if you have been playing it and you have comments, I will have a thread. I probably won't have it for this week's episode. I'll definitely have it for next week's where you can post your thoughts. You can also put them in the talk back to the ep- episode thread. You can post them in the Discord, but of course, Discord is transient, so it's kind of hard to spot. There is the RFN Twitter account at RFN Podcast. John set something up on Mastodon, too, if you're one of the eight people who live there. Um, we have more than a- eight followers, James, for RFN. Are you going to go to the dozens of us thing? Is that... Dozens of us. Yeah. <sighs> James, or, or one, is one day. Be, or is it below 24? You know, the what? thing is, you know, I think this is very apropos, James. Your, your, veiled, your veiled shots at the <laughs> Fediverse. I feel like, talk about yep. the zeitgeist. I feel like you are missing it. Right. Uh, well, oh, I Mastodon, feel like... Mastodon? The thing people can't figure out how to use? No, I mean... <laughs> people can't figure out how to use. Oh, James. You well, see, this it, is the thing. Right now, I mean, trust me, when this when the uh, zeitgeist comes a year or two from now, when I'm, the zeitgeist I'm, I will comes. already have missed it, but you can ride the wave. Feel free to ride, <laughs> ride, ride gonna, the zeitgeist. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surf on in there like a cool dude. It's, uh, yep. I'm just thinking of John as Martin Prince, you know, waiting to get the pool so he can be queen of summertime. There you go. Hey, John, did you know it snowed in San Francisco? <laughs> you know, it's just... Uh, That's the zeitgeist for us. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. It, it finally happened. What What if? Johnny Mosley. Was Johnny Mosley... Was he a, a prophet? Uh, I, I can tell you his game didn't make a prophet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well played. Uh, yeah, so... On that, Greg, what is our music to conclude? Well, yeah, so indeed, you know, we are uh, kind of, first of all, last week uh, was in fact the uh, 12th anniversary of the Japanese launch of the 3DS because, uh, yeah. God, I feel so old. It was still at a time when, you know, we had that kind of gap between, you know, Nintendo hardware still launched in Japan first uh, in that case. And then it was was only a matter of weeks later, of course, because you still, you got to get in the for the end of the fiscal year in North America and elsewhere, but yeah, there was that. There was that at the end of February, and then, yeah, as I said, a few weeks later, it was out everywhere else. Not as we know, the strongest launch in Nintendo history in terms of the oh. software or the performance uh, in sales, and which led to you know a, a very proactive uh, save the system kind of effort from Nintendo that ultimately did kind of achieve, you know, what it, what it set out to do, but, you know, at significant cost. Uh, but, yeah, that was 12 years ago, and of course, yeah, we kind of, that anniversary you know for the north american launch will essentially be marked by the sort of final death of the system with the aforementioned shuttering of the e-shop on i believe it's march 27th but i'm not absolutely sure but it's somewhere around there but uh, at the end of uh, somewhere a few months ago towards the end of last year seren sent an email i think we did the email 
uh, about just, I think it was his title, just like we're all old or something, and it was various things, you know, sort of uh, statistics that demonstrated as such about how long, you know, how old the 3DS is and and so forth. I, I'm sure like Wind Wake HD probably fits into that category, doesn't it? Because that's like. 10 years old now (laughs) (laughs) in itself it's like so yeah that that could certainly qualify as one of these sobering signs of how old we all are but at that time Saran also did request for at some point uh, to be used the theme for the activity log on your 3DS, uh, so, so this could be sort of the theme music for you reviewing how, how terribly long ago all your fun adventures on 3DS were, uh, as the system kind of, uh, like I said, it's had a few deaths, including one near miss, like right at the start, but this is, feels kind of like the last one, the, the final mail in the coffin. But yeah, this, this will take you back to a time when Nintendo's kind of, uh, system level kind of uh, menus and whatnot had charming kind of music and personality (laughs) before that was very much cast aside in the name of just getting the thing to work as quickly as possible on Switch sterilized yes Uh, well on that it is time for us to go bye everybody bye bye And by the way, James, before you wrap it up, we have 63 followers on Mastodon. <laughs> okay. All right. So those 63 intrepid, intrepid individuals, I salute you. You are on the bleeding edge of social media. Which which, which Mastodon are they on? Mastodon social. Okay. You got, got, got to you got to tell people which Mastodon they can find you well, on. I was like, hey, got you got to you got to tell people what email provider you're on. I know it's super complicated. So, G- Gmail, Outlook, oh my God, Hotmail, I can't handle it, James. <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep vamping, keep vamping. This is this is content. This is hashtag content. Keep going. I can't handle it. It's so complicated. <laughs> there it is. That's it. it it's you, you named the Mastodon dot social. Mastodon dot social. People, sixty three followers. Let's get it to seventy. Let's go. If, all right, John. If it's seventy by this time next week, I will forget that i promised to apologize it's not going to be and you wouldn't apologize anyways i wouldn't even accept your apology <laughs> you heard it here first folks on that it's t- <laughs> like now i'm tempted to go either it's so complicated as the episode title or i wouldn't even accept your ap- episode 812 i wouldn't even accept your apology <laughs> I almost feel like I have to. I feel like that's it. I feel like that's the good because people will be hearing this at the dead ass end of the episode. <laughs> Guillaume, as, when you're editing this, start the music before, like as there was that quick pause, and then stop it because, like, people will be hearing what? Wait, they really never said this? the line, and they ah, but no. <laughs> there it is. I feel like I have a moral obligation <laughs> to call the episode. I will. So some people have like RFN listening parties where every when the episode title is actually said, it's like uh, the secret word on Pee Wee's Playhouse, and just everything yeah. goes crazy. <laughs> you know they're out there, college dorms across the nation. <laughs> yes, I think we'd all be arrested if we were in a college dorm at this point. So it's fine. <laughs> 
They would think I was a nerd. Even just so. that voice is being played out of a device. It's like, nah, nah, we better arrest the physical person as well. <laughs> yeah, sure. we better track him down. <laughs> we gotta, we got to find that man so this doesn't happen again. Cut it off in the source, right. isn't it? Only way to be sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? Or are they just going to AI generate? Yeah, procedurally or, or generated. That's true. You can't stop RFN. Even when we die, it will keep being published. Yeah, it'll be like Tupac at Coachella. <laughs> well, it'll be like when we played Coachella, yes. It's true. Yeah. All right. So on that, it's it's, Jesus. it's past it's, time for us to go, everybody. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's actually after time for us to go. So bye, everybody. Later. Bye-bye. That's it. That's all I got. Well, I know you mentioned uh, like the the AI, the algorithm, just generating Seinfeld out of nothing because yeah. uh, he wasn't in the scene before, and suddenly he's there. So, um, what if I told you that the algorithm for our show just generated someone who's been absent so far? Oh shit! We probably should. We probably should have had him recording before we did that, huh? No, well, we can. Uh, Edit it together. I'm, I'm yeah. putting a mark here. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we can. Okay. Bring yeah. him in. Yeah. Do Do you want to stop recording, or want to just bring him in? Uh, we can just uh, yeah, bring him in. Yeah, we're nearly okay. an hour in, so I mean, it could be a natural. Well, break we, we can, we can bring him in, and we'll we'll see how. Well, it goes. okay. Well, we can. Uh, what I could do is just splice these together without, like, we could take our break, and then I could, uh, you know, pretend that it was not a break. Like, we okay. could pretend like we just keep going. Oh, oh, ooh, that's saucy.
Well, they don't need to know. Uh, fair enough. Or this could be the stinger, and they could find out afterwards that they've been had. Whoa. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Magician reveals the secrets. Everyone loves to feel they've been lied to. Yeah, it's it's a it's a key part of all uh, media. Mm-hmm. I, I legitimately. All right, yeah, let's do that. Let's 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 uh, let's take a pause here, and then we'll start recording again. We can get some new business in, and do a couple emails. Okay, so cool. S- stop right. recording. What, do I have to clap? We'll do the countdown. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, four, three, two, one.